Yo, well, yeah, my boy. That's on the neighborhood, cuz. Say word. What up? Yo, what's poppin' with y'all lashy asses? Nico in the building, making aunties bat them lashes. Melly with the jelly, making brothers do a double take. Got the hash on deck to be way more than half baked. Love is at war, hit the general, yeah, yeah, yo. Listen to the wisdom, how your love life like, hey, yo. All this in the hour, it'll never be a bore. So welcome, everybody, this is ethnic ish and more. Yo, yo, what's poppin', cuz? Yeah, you gon' still bangin' ducks in 12 and 19, the only season I don't use. But nigga, have you heard ethnic ish and more, cuz? They got more shit on there, cuz. They doing past political shit, nigga. They doing relationship shit. Like, Mark Ali mad at me for cheating no more. Yo, shout to you, yo. Hey, yo, nigga, have you seen Melly Mel's IG? Cuz on neighborhood, she gotta be jelly, cuz jam don't shake like that. And she got the hash on lock, nigga. They on there for an hour, cuz. You better tune in and check that shit out on neighborhood, cuz. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Yo, yo, boy, That's on the neighborhood, kid. Say Yo, what's poppin' with your lashy asses? Nico in the building, making I'm too bad to matches. Melly with the jelly, making brothers do a double take. Got the hash on that to be way more than half-baked. Love is at war, hit the gym, yeah, yeah, yo. Listen to the wizard, have your love act like, hey, yo. All this in the hour, it'll never be your war. So welcome, everybody, this is asking the ish and more. TV. Hi, we're live at 6 o'clock, and here we have Soul Talk Nando. And please, tell us about a violent altercation we heard about in the area. All right, so check this out, bro. Hold on, bro. the microphone, okay? Seems to be his favorite drink. All right, so look, basically, I just saw the nigga run the nigga down, right? Old boy tripped the fell like a little white bitch, you know. Oh, wow. That shit was crazy. And then he stood over the nigga body, you know what I'm saying? He's like, Rrrr. he told the nigga, say cheese before he shot him, bro. That's all I heard was say cheese. Oh, wow. <laughs> we'll have more at 7 o'clock. Of what you got, so watch the hands you shake. I hate to sleep with the enemy. Kim, it ain't meant for this shit to be chemistry. God can't get hold of the enemy when I've been trying to get in in this industry. But somehow knew that that coma was coming. I'm guessing this cipher was meant for me. All that pain and suffering returned me to a beast. Look what you did to me. Couldn't find him.
heaven till my hell got lost. They tried to rent me out, but the bell got tossed. My soul tried to sell, but the sale got lost. Success in my pocket can't fail at all costs. I'ma miss it like the Mississippi River went south. If you really heard how you heard word of mouth. Chilling in the burbs of the curves, I'm a slouch that I should have been there. Big words from a couch, young tiger conserved, then I crouch, get low. Hoes gonna come in the end, get dope. Shows gonna come with the ends, hit flows. Goes like water with the wind, shit's old. I know that they hate me, I know that they can, but I know that they don't captivate me. I've been through the pain, I've been through the struggle. There is no way you can break me. How you only invest in a pair of some J's, then wanna feel like a Jay Z? Why you never invest in the hood that you claim, then die over? You crazy, crazy. I don't die over, I don't lie over, nor do I slow down the pace, please. Girl, I roll from a lot more, but I'm just cutting this nice cheese. What I've really been busting is straight threes, grateful cheese like it's something that great cheese. You want something to hold, you can take these. See a flash from the cannon, I say cheese. Can't show love if your heart gon' choke. You can't live life if your thoughts don't grow. Standing in the desert and you lost your road. Boy, you better find shelter when it's dark, it's cold. Like Red Bird, the cardinal rulers do fly high. Like Jim Jones cooling on a G5 with endo pooling. You don't do that. Have you been more foolish? I've been more foolish. I've been more stupid. That's why I'm right here yelling, don't do it. I've been high a light year. My buzz, let me too. Fly by in the nice whip to dubstep music. That's love, kept music in check. Maybe in money, let's keep it direct. Direct me to anything, get in the million. You keep it percentage and keep me impressed. Keep me impressed or keep getting impressed. There is no need for me being upset. If you you owe me half, I'll be needing the rest. Or you owe me half of my knee in your chest. All little backstabbers get a bullet back. Once they enter in, ain't no pulling that. Your life was shit and you was full of that. This pair of shoes, if you pull a strap. I know that they hate me, I know that they can't, but I know that they don't captivate me. I've been through the pain, I've been through the struggle. There is no way you can break me. How you only invest in a pair of some J's, then wanna feel like a Jay-Z? Why you never invest in the hood that you claim, then die over? You crazy, you crazy. I don't die over, I don't lie over. Nor do I slow down the pace, please. Girl, I work from a line more, but I'm just cutting this next cheese. What I've really been busting is straight threes. Grateful cheese like it's something that great cheese. You want something to hold, you can take these. See a flash on the cannon, I say cheese. I'm trying, God, when the devil let 
like I'm the only one he looking for Think you should check later, that's maybe I was whipping this butter, no meth lab Axe granite, got no whippers, but I was out left band Damn, being nosy was looking my crack stash Now look at me, I'm homeless, this shit wasn't that bad Hat, took my shit to stores, made it double on that campus Then put some niggas stole from me, put me off that campus Now I'm back on the street, put me back on my cleats Turn up, turn up, or turn it on up. We back on another episode of Ethnic Issue More, episode number 95, all about the business. Y'all, we've been here for 95 weeks straight. I haven't missed an episode yet. Like I told y'all, when we get them shirts, I'm going to make sure y'all get them, because rain, sleet, or snow. We in this house. We going to make sure y'all get this postal podcast work make, make sure y'all always here man so um if y'all heard yeah, those first check in your no, 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 uh shift start at 8 30 and end at 10 30 sometimes 11 that's overtime it depend on look depend on the day when we get to this hundred i don't know i'm i'm planning on trying to leave by 11 at the latest I'm, I'm just telling y'all right now about the hundred yeah, somebody we're gonna, we're i need a designated driver i am accepting yeah. applications for a designated driver that night uh because I'm taking shots every time Nico say ashy ass. I'm taking shots every time. It's been working for me too. I don't remember I say that until I wear my sweater. That my first like merch I made, it got the logo and it say with your ashy ass on the back. It don't take it to me being in public. Somebody just I had this white lady run up on me. I almost squared up with her because I didn't know what she was doing. She came out of nowhere. I was like, we ain't gonna have no caring moments up in here. She was like, I got to see the front of your shirt because the ashy ass is funny. Exactly. I was like, Ash. I was like, yeah, but you should check out my show. Right. Mm. If you think that's funny, catch me for, uh, <laughs> for about two hours <laughs> and I got you. But so that was cool, man. I like I like the slow. It worked. Yeah. It's, it's one of them things. It make people ask the question why I start saying it. I'm like, right. well, I'm black. And I mean, black people are just I'm going to ask you right you. now. <laughs> at, some, at some point in time in our day. Listen, I learned that from my somebody told me they was like, You don't put lotion on when you putting on jeans. I'm like, for what? Like, unless I feel like my skin just feels really bad. Mm-hmm. I don't play y'all looking at my shins or I'm, none of that. So typically ashy. Yeah, hey, I'm, ashy. I'm ashy. The moment it get cold outside, when it go from shorts to long pants, this kneecaps is on brown. All you t- that's all your lotion lasts the longest because all you touching is hands and ankles because that's what's gonna be visible. And what's so funny about that? My son is the total opposite. He was like, "Mama, can I get some of that shea butter stuff?" I give it to him. He was in there for a long time. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what's taking so long? The baby was in there so shining from head to toe. Listen. I it's, said, what are you doing? I feel that skin doesn't feel hydrated. I understand <laughs> that. Like, where you get 
Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell Who you right now. I ain't gonna say. Baby, if, I, I don't know if he watched the show, but I'm gonna tell you right now. It's some shit called ash crack. Okay. I've heard it's of it. ash crack. It's infused shea butter. I'm gonna just tell you right now. What? It's a blessing. Ooh. It's a blessing. I'm you gonna tell you. I may need the website. I'm just tell you. I, I, I hook y'all up after the show. I might have to have her come. Black on people in. infuse everything. Listen, we are here. How many people are having infused turkey tomorrow? Because somebody, you know somebody, somebody did it. Somebody with some dressing. Some, something. Just don't. Somebody gonna do something. My thing with dressing. You over there infusing turkey. Look, people out here. Black people infuse. Huh? You can make you. I'm like, what y'all doing? I don't know what the hell I'll be at y'all. Listen, I'll be at the door before your whole family. Hey, I'm gonna just tell you right now. That's what I'm gonna do with my wedding. With my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna just say right now. The way I look at life now, I'm gonna live it to the motherfucking fullest. It's gonna, that's what I I'm heard. Hey, man, you, you got it. Why you living life? To you gotta make a small turkey infused. You know what? I'm gonna do a Cornish hen for the, for the folks. Look, speaking of alone. getting that, my pops, me alone. once weed became legal in Illinois, I felt cool finally talking to my mama about weed because I've been, she's been asking me for years, she's like, You smell like smoke. For the longest, when I was growing up, I just blamed it on my best friend because he smoked cigarettes at 18. So I was just like, yeah, you know, such and such been smoking them cigarettes around. That's going to kill him. I'm like, they sure is. <laughs> I'm going to tell him to get it together. You just didn't know, right. Uh, but look, she ain't put two and two together that it was weed. She thought it eventually, she thought it was me smoking just a cigar in her. Mm-hmm. I come visit. She'd smell it in the garage. She ain't put two and two together until weed became legal. And my, she bought some weed for my daddy, and he smoked the joint in the garage. And she said, I walked it. out there and smelled that. I said, I'll be goddamn if you ain't been smoking weed in my garage all these years. <laughs> I was like, I don't you know. You almost what, got a whooping right there. Listen, I was a good 30. And I'm like, uh. So, until she started asking me about it. She started asking me about it. So, my pops, every time he come home, he know I'm going to have some weed. He like, oh, you still coming this weekend? Yeah, he like, baby, come with you. I'm like, no, nah, he ain't going to be there. Okay. Well, your mama said <laughs> that you need to go ahead and just bring us something down. I'm like, well, I know she ain't saying Stop using her name. Just say right. you want me to bring some weed. Yeah. But I didn't right. know getting older and telling your parents about smoking weed means that they thought you was going to be buying all that weed. Because mm-hmm. that's 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 really what yeah. I've learned. Every time I hear, oh, well, let me go ahead and get a lot. I'm like, look, we're not going to get no back payments for life that I ain't asked about. I, I You know what? It, it's the craziest thing. Like, Whenever my mom buys something, especially like if I buy it in there, she's like, "Well, how much I owe you?" I'll be like, "I, you, you good? I got oh, yeah, you know." It, 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 but then I, I realized some some shit. You be like, "We went to Memphis." And I was like, "Shit, my mom gonna cost me about two, three hundred. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, mom, hey, hey, let me hold fifty dollars, right? Just let me get fifty. You start looking when they get the like, order. I'm like, you, nigga you, can't you get no big dollars this week. AJ want a happy meal and the nigga only got seven dollars. Right they get the order and fancy when it's oh it's on you. Well, I'm like, right, you stretch back too far. Let's go on, sit up and read the menu like you normally do. Cause when you get comfortable, you start ordering shit you don't want. Man, hey, my parents, my parents, yeah. every year on their anniversary, we go, we go get go to a steakhouse or whatever. My parents are notorious. Well, does this steakhouse have lobster? We said steakhouse. We ain't say nothing about no lobster. Mom, like, I, I don't eat steak unless it's with a lobster. Hello, Hello. I'm like, well, I remember, when, I remember when I was a kid, you with me for getting the crab legs that I wasn't supposed to get. So she was like, okay, so you don't need no lobster. 
Oh, yeah, hit her with the. Do you got lobster money? <laughs> you got lobster money. I'm spending that. Look, and that's all. But that'd be the cool part about getting older, getting your life in order to be able to like yeah. my like my pops be like, man, go to this though. I go get some little. They be like, man, you want the money? I'm like, man, you ain't finna ask me for it, bro. It's a couple dollars. Like I don't need it unless you gonna give. I'll be like, unless you finna give it to me, I don't want it. Right. But you start digging in your wallet now. I'm gonna tell you no yeah, once. I, I, you got one. Ask, you got man. one no out of me, but yeah, I ain't gonna never yeah. ask for it back. Man, I, I had the opportunity to work with my dad for five years. We taught at the same school, and so on days my dad be like, "Well, what you getting for lunch?" And then I'd be like, "Well, I'm gonna get this." Well, I buy. It. Oh, for real? Like, you know? thank you. And then you know, at the end of the week, I'd be like, "This your way of saying I did all your work." Because I, I I was doing his lesson plans and all other type of stuff. My dad was like, I ain't doing that shit. I'm here to teach. <laughs> yeah. I ain't doing all that shit. You do that shit. Yeah. Principal, yeah. principal, like, hey, that shit look great. Of course it do. I did that shit too. He put in enough work to realize, no, I don't need to pre preset this up. I'm going to go in there and talk about the same shit I've been talking about the past few years. I got this memorized. After a while, you on the schedule on the plan. You don't got to write it all. That's how I be now. I be like, shit. Man, your classes are great. I'm like, shit, I've been saying the same thing every year for 17 years. Of course that shit's great. This shit is routine. Facts. At this point, it's like, it's verbatim. Like, I know this. I just so happen to look at the book just so they think I'm actually teaching about it. But man, so look, man, like I said, I appreciate all y'all ashy asses for tuning in every week, man. Yes, it's your boy Nico the Great, man. I got my wonderful other host in the building. Hey, it's your past master, man. I ain't got nothing positive to say right now. What? Yeah. And then right. we got the wonderful something positive to say. It's been a long week for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell y'all. And then we got our other wonderful co-host in the building. Hello, hello. The illustrious. Everybody's favorite every fucking thing, of course. She can't fight. I felt like that was the intro to an album hold with on. DJ Drama talking. Well, hold on, first of all, Jizz, 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 we know you knew, baby, but uh, your name is Big Jizz. <laughs> she showed you. I'm, like, I'm just not looking. I'm like, who's this? I'm going to be known by it today. I'm like, you know what? I didn't even look. It's all right. We're not, we're not going to hold that to you. And then we got a wonderful guest in the building. Look, y'all, we got people clapping. She's like, what are they They in here. You just can't see them. I love doing that because everybody's like, where the biggest come from? We're like, yeah, we got, a, we got an audience. They just don't always show up on time, but they send the claps beforehand. So we have a good time. Man. So, so, so we have amazing Jasmine Nolan. And if you don't know her, you will know her by the end of this show. And I guarantee if you don't follow her, you will be you following will be. her. And very entertaining. It is well worth the follow. It is very, very well worth it. Before I was typing up the episode, I'm like, I'm like, let me go look at her page. I'll be seeing her say stuff, and I'll start. Also, I saw one post with a curse. I was like, all right, we finna kick it. Yeah. I'm good from here on now. I can be professional, but we still finna have a good time. Hey, that to me, you know what? That's a, I, every boss I've had that has been like the type to be like, hey, let me tell you about some bullshit that just happened. No, I immediately became like, hey, for real? It's gonna be lit. That's how it should be. It's like when somebody they want to be all about a book, they be like, man, oh. I'm like, shit, I'm walking on eggshells. When you tell me, hey, let me tell you about this bullshit that just happened. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. or um, even if you come to me right. and say, hey, man, you know you fucked up, right? They'll be like, yeah, yeah, just don't fire me. I need them to people, But them the people, if people who come to you like that, the people you appreciate. Yeah. Like one, 
you 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 mess with me enough to be able to provide this criticism. Because some people are not gonna give you the criticism. They'll know you're doing bad, and but let doing and it. let you keep doing it. See, if it's affecting me, I got to make sure you know what's going on. She's gonna be on <laughs> your <laughs> Hold on, let me. That's for sure. That's yeah, for sure. Uh, nah, and you I, talked about my Android. No, nah, no, nah, he actually happened. he he because I because what I what I do is I I, Bro, I tag everybody. Oh. I tag everybody, and I realize so if you get if you get off the screen, it's gonna put you away. So uh, that's one for Apple, zero for Android. <laughs> <laughs> because she thought she had us. She thought she, thought she had us. Hey, that's, that's okay. Why. That's why we two apples in a bot in this one. Like, she, we two oh, apples she, in a bot. Yeah, if you got an Android phone, your shit's lagging right now. I'm telling you, I, I feel it. It's in my spirit. Yeah, it, it remind me of dial up. An Android phone remind me of dial up. Like you don't want, you better hope your mama not finna pick up the phone because the internet is gonna drop at the same time. Mm -hmm. Now I'm telling you right now about your technology. I got text messages that they can't hear me. Mm. They can't hear you. Well, you know, what are they trying to hear you? Mm. What are they trying to hear you? Say something real quick. It's Jasmine. Yeah, you moving the levels. Oh, okay. Now, people, is, is your phone turned up? Is your phone Person right. listening. Hold on, let me make sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, they can hear me. Yeah. Are you with you know, And I made sure this time I ain't leave a mute button from the music on right. for me. That's why I did a little pause in the beginning. I'm like, because I'm good for that. We get to going. And I'm like, until you see I'm seeing all these messages. I can't hear you. I can't hear I'm like, y'all don't come no other time, but that's the one time. Yeah, something going wrong. wrong. People got something to say. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to tell y'all what's, what's wrong with me. Why ain't in my you know, Granny understand. I talked to Granny. I told her, I said, hey, she was like, how are you doing? I was just like, I'm not there. And she she understood. So um, Sunday night, I, uh, I'm i going to try not to get emotional. That's what I'm going to do. But I lost, a, I lost a very, very close friend um, on Sunday evening. And uh, 29 years old. Uh, Brother Manuel Bryant, uh, who is a member of IOTA Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. So I'm wearing the letters today for big brother Farser, who crossed after me, but became one of my closest friends in, in the fraternity. And then uh, in 2020, he came to me and said, I want to be a Mason. And I said, bro, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not your friend when you come to Mason. I am not that, I'm not that, the, the IOTA bro is not there when you come to Mason. Like you pledging, like you joining my shit. And he worked his ass off. And was where I, I was the uh, I got the opportunity to raise him myself to become a, for him to be a brother. So when he got to that third degree, the first person he heard and talked to was me. And uh, Sunday night we lost him uh, too young, not to not to no violence or nothing. Thank God, but uh, this brother is with the angels. He joined Alpha Iota Omega Chapter, the Celestial Lodge above, and uh, I just want to pray for him and pray for his family. And his wife. This brother only been married since October eighth. And you talking about like you only been married like forty days, man. Hell, think about where you're in a relationship in forty, 40 days. days. You know what I'm saying? It's like just the amount of stress that goes on with in your typical marriage life, and then you gotta have to have, have to deal with this. And um, it's tough on his wife. I've been talking to her consistently, and it's. it's Nobody prepares for anything like this, obviously. Yeah. You know, so um, it, it's been tough. It's been tough. You know, 
And so I, I just want to tell everybody out there, man, if you got somebody you love, family, friends, whatever, reach out to them. Tell them you love them. You know, don't let no petty bullshit get in the middle of y'all. Facts. You know what I'm saying? I know I know. I got to real talk. I'm friends with some of his family members. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that I know some of them ain't going to have no peace right now on some, on some petty shit in between them, that ain't right. You know what I'm saying? So I just want y'all to love every, love your peoples. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck what y'all going through. I don't give a fuck what y'all got going on. Let that shit go. Please, today. You know what I'm saying? Let it go. You know what I'm saying? Get right with your folks. Get right with everybody. If you can't take the accountability and say, I'm sorry, just be like, hey, fuck it. Can we move on? But 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 definitely just try to grow up and, and, and love on your peoples because you never know how long you're going to have them on this earth, man. So shout out to Big Brother Farson. Uh, love you, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Manny, man. I was fortunate. Uh, my first time meeting Manny is when I got, we got raised and we do a party at Skate King. And he, he came up, you introduced me to him. Mm-hmm. I talked to him for a little second. Maybe saw him once again after that. And then you was telling me like, oh, I'm even put this petition in. And being the co- one of the co-chair people to our school of instruction and teaching masonry, I was blessed to be able to teach him and help him get through the process. I always jokingly tell people since I was like, hey, man, if you pick anybody that was the asshole at that time, it was Manny. It was. And it's because he 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 knew that he knew like, like he understood what was going on just being through a fraternal process before. Mm-hmm. But it was to see them come together at the end. It was a lot of BS being as COVID and more, but to see them pull it together at the end, yep. hands down. I mean, I've only been a only been in since three years as of last week's episode, but I've been a part of bringing in three, four classes mm-hmm. since I've been in. I've been an instructor since the day I got raised. Yep. So to be a part of his process was wonderful, and opening up that group me on Sunday to see that message broke my heart. And shout out to the six, um, his his, his line brothers uh, in masonry. You know, shout out to them because they they were truly tight. Like like they kicked they it every, out, kicked it everywhere. It made me jealous. I'm yeah. like, damn, I'm like, But they that's first class. Like they got ready. We buy gifts for the people. They straight showed up with gifts for us. Yeah, yeah. Th- like, threw me off, and yeah. I was like, man, we got something for y'all, man, because y'all just did so good at bringing us through there. And I'm just like. Oh damn! Right. They set the bar, man, and I, you know, I still can't believe he gone. You know, I still talk to when I was talking to his wife. You, you don't know what to say to a to a, to a widow. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just crazy out here. So man, love on your people, man. Facts, right, I, man. I got we got before I get to crying and shit. Facts, everybody, we gotta, let's get let's get back. Let's get to it. Let's get yeah, to it. man. So I like to clap it up at least for our guests that that we had last week. Man, shout out to Coop. Eric Cooper, man. Shout out to B. Ken, Terrell Kendricks. Shout out to all the guests that came in. My brother Andre uh, Curtis, they pulled up to kick it. Our new co-host was crowned last week. The runnings were slim. Everybody else that claimed they was going to show up didn't show up. You know what? I think they knew it was in the class. They saw it. They looked up and said, it's Jizzy. I knew it was legit. When I got tagged in the post, I'm like, this Negro created a flyer. For this, that, she ran. Said, you better go. Like, your bad self. Like, was like, I thought it was an open thing. She already got her own. Show. I'm like, look, she made it like, I know this in the bag. Like, what happened? It's no shine. The live I'm sharing. If you ask me about it. 
I, I, ta- I tagged you in it. Should yeah, it should just you pop up. It's not right something with Facebook. Cause none of my yeah. ta- uh-huh. Facebook always none of my tags are Facebook. But they'll show yeah. jam you up from a post from three years ago. Uh-huh. If I get jammed up for another one of them, I'm like, bro, I wasn't Wait, even that no, same person no more. Bro. I'm like, <laughs> hey, no, I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. I got I, I was on TikTok. Yeah, I was on TikTok and I was messaging. I was messaging on TikTok with a girl I went to college with, and she was like, she was like, I saw I saw that video of you and your wife. She was like, that was dope. That was sexy as fuck. I was like, she said, why I just get a notification about a, a content like a account violation or something because I used the word sexy. I said, Ain't that a fuck. I'm like, so y'all monitoring people messages? Goddamn, we can't even have private messages. Goddamn. Facebook and them they all blocked in there. the video of me saying something. Facebook kicked me off one time for like 30 days because I said niggas be nigging. No, I say everything that I say. I ain't never been fired and, put in Facebook. And you know what? The only time <laughs> I ever went to Facebook jail when I wrote that <laughs> the third book, like two books back, I be writing shit or whatever. But the people <laughs> that I wrote that book about, this people in Kansas City, that lady went through and reported every fucking post. Oh my, it's probably end up with two Facebook pages. People that had two pages, I'd be like, Y'all so fucking weird. Like, you tagging yourself and uh-huh. shit. Like, what are you doing there for? The lady, before we did my round table, she reported everything on my page. I was in Facebook jail for 60 days. That's Damn. so whack. I was like, Son, I I'm got, gonna make a new page and keep talking about you. I got banned. Like, this show got me banned one time. I got to give you the book. I got one in my car. I'm gonna give it to you. Baby. This show got me Baby. banned one time because I was trying to share, share it in groups to get the word out. Yep. They claimed I was spamming groups because I would share the post. I'm like, well, people kind of interacting with it. Like, I'm getting views from it. They straight for groups I couldn't post for 90 days. And it's a group I'm active in with some other dude. I can see it now. I can see it. Damn, we ghetto because we, I thought she was on our side. Try to tag her again because it's not coming. It's I, not, just, I just saw mine. I'll just share it in the hell of time. Oh, I just have to share it. They don't have to get over it. Okay. Child. Okay, y'all. There it is. <laughs> Listen, there you go. You got what you want. <laughs> you get All what right. you We're backing up there. Now, we need you to come back on that. I was trying to help. Because she went Android on us. Right. <laughs> <That's laughs> So look, man, we're gonna hop into our new neurology corner. Like, yeah. like I said, we only got five more of these, but I do enjoy four them. More. Four, you right? Yeah, four more. Yeah, because I ain't doing a hundred. I'll make up my own new neurology for that one. But I, I actually do enjoy these because <laughs> the ones I do find seem to always kind of align where I'm going with my life at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for those who watched Masonry, got me a lot in the numbers just because if you see a certain number all the time, I, I would behoove you to just look it up. It could mean something that could not. But you'd be surprised by the message that come behind the number. Yep. So I do it because I see the number of that episode constantly throughout the week, doing the outline, preparing for all of that on the back end. So for the number 95, it encourages you to continue listening to your intuition and the guidance from the angels that you are currently being led through important life changes that will perfectly align you with your spiritual soul mission. Trust the impressions and intuitive messages you receive and take action as guided. Take action right. as guided. One more time. I know she that's said, right. Trust. Yes. Y'all gonna make me get, y'all gonna make me deacon. My daddy was a deacon for like three weeks. Y'all gonna make me become. Three weeks. Hey, but. 
Trust the impressions. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Trust the impressions and the intuitive messages you receive and take action is guided. It's just, it's just like saying you 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 pray about you I, and I, I heard that on the on a YouTube I was on somebody like man I pray I want a new job pray I get a new job but then don't fill out no applications you you know? I'm like so who you how you thought the job was gonna come about mm-hmm. it's like if you don't you could pray about everything in the world but if you don't put forth the effort behind what you're praying on all these women they got the Sierra prayer but they ain't gonna answer that yeah, DM that one just because future DM was looking a little better future DM was looking better no I I still I speak on behalf of all men. Some of y'all niggas is weird. Yeah, because I got some really close women friends who will be like, "Bro, you will never believe what this man said." Yeah, I get the message. I'll just send a whole apology message. I ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm like, "Well, on behalf of him and his family." I'm like, "Y'all look at this shit." Niggas is weird. Niggas is weird, and I'll be like. Like, you don't yeah. think dudes is weird because you know how you move. I'll be like, damn, I ain't know dudes was that weird until I started having women that were friends that were close. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be like, oh, this is what you go through. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I started going back through my messages in the past. Like, did I ever say some wild shit? I'm like, no. Nah. Well, the ones that just be talking to you and y'all never respond. And they keep Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Stop calling me yeah. queen. Call me by my name. Yeah, and if I don't speak back, stop speaking to me. It's yeah, I'll be seeing playing. them ones. And you I'm deserve to get screenshotted on blast where you hold a <laughs> where you <laughs> hold a conversation, <laughs> then get mad that the person never replied. Like, well, nigga, you didn't say the conversation with, with yourself. Yourself. I wanted to talk to you, then I would respond. I see yeah. you live, but you ain't respond. That be the I know you active. Get you some business or the people that call you through there. Oh, nah, I've, had, the I've had that happen. And it's crazy because yeah. I've seen it. I've seen a girl talking to this white boy. She he's going off on her. And I'm like, from the first message, she never said a word to you, bro. You know, I do too. It's weird. I had people I know. They did it everything. Every Instagram, I had the whole Snapchat. Yeah. I've had somebody call me, and even if I know you, don't call me through that. Like, and then the mess up part is it'll show up in your call log, tell you what app it came from. Mm-hmm. It say they their name that's on there. I'm like, no. Unless unless we communicate that way, and right. or you can't get a hold of me, you don't know my number. We cool, and you just like, bro, I needed to call you. This is the only way. I ain't tripping. Yeah, you definitely won't do that because people all they gotta do is hit it. They can they can video chat you. They can regular call you. When I hear people, I hate being in I hate being in public and hearing somebody phone go off of that. I be like. Are you get number Facebook calls during the day. Your regular phone, I'm like, who Wi-Fi you hooked up to right now? But that's super weird though. Why, if you don't have my number, and like I said, unless we been super close and lost touch, and the first thing I'm gonna do is message you, like, hey man, this is my number. Right. Ooh, but or if it's something like I need to immediately get a hold of you, but we know each other. Yeah. That's my last resort. It's the strange, but it'd be the strange. I had a homeboy do it through call. Instagram the it's other the day. Yeah. Oh, you gonna call, call me on? Oh, okay. I'm like, you know, you still calling my regular phone, right? Because it, it comes to right. my, my homeboy did it the other day. He called me through Instagram. And we know each other from college. But I'm like, I ain't talked to you in years. Like, we cool on a we a post to say right. something. But I've seen it. Like, I saw the uh, the missed call. I'm like, he's all man. I was just trying to hit you up. I'm like, about what? Because <laughs> on Instagram, people be stealing people's pages. 
Yeah. People be stealing up folks' pages on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, bro, just send me the mess, whatever you, because if it's important at that point, I'll call you. Right. Or I'll give you my direct line of contact. Like, hey, man, can I talk to you? You better hear my number, call me. Mm-hmm. But just because we know each other, I don't care. Like, right. I'll go home yeah. for they calling don't, me. Don't yeah, it don't. Social media, mm-hmm. social media made people really intrusive. On your like, like they feel entitled oh, yeah. to your like things you do. That's why I don't post a lot about a lot of intimate things. I'm like, no, that's on this app. Right. I'm not on this app. You don't have access to me. And you don't got it. You don't got it to me for real while I'm on this app. Comment, whatever you can say. If you can't comment to me publicly unless we know each other or it's a business thing. If it's business, you got my email, you got my number. You can go to the website and get to all of that. You calling me through Facebook, I'm um, automatically think you still change out of people's. Cars. <laughs> That's my first thought. Let me get into this shit. Man, it's week 95, man. <laughs> Black sports players with the number 95. We got DeAndre Bembry. Is niggas out here letting off fireworks? Uh, I had that happen the other day at the crib. I walked outside. I said, nigga, it is November. Why do y'all still have some of these left? Yeah. Because Cahokia pop them from May. All the way through August. They really do. They really do. DeAndre Bembry from the Atlanta Hawks, and um, shout out to this uh, amazing Tennessee State alum, Richard Dent, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Bears. That's your black sports players with the number ninety-five. Shout out to the Chicago Bears. We suck most of the time. The Bears. I'm I'm, look. I tell people all the time. I'm I'm a hometown. Like I'm always stick with my hometown teams. Shout out to my city, rural Illinois. But uh, I finally got faith in the Bulls. Aurora. Aurora. Hold on. We the second biggest city. You like I was gonna say, you for, like the, that, don't you? for those who don't know, because people, like I get that, that same response. Wait, no, 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 no. Like, she know I said that. You like that, don't you? <laughs> shout out to shout out to Rovember. <laughs> shout out to Rovember. <laughs> all my good, all yeah. my good homegirls that, that I went to college with, I'm in a group chat with. Three of us, yeah. All from the shout out, shout out my homie Ronnie, yeah. Ronnie, Tierra, and Lashonda. Yeah. Alpha Mu. I, I used to tell him at school. As a matter of fact, shout out to my shout out to my homegirl Ashley Gaithman. She just crossed Zeta Sigma chapter. Last, well, shit, this week I guess. And her and Dara Jones, which is a former student, man, shout out to the the new members of both. Uh, Sigma Gamma Rho, and shit, I gotta give love to Delta Sigma Theta, you know, again, I gotta give love to those new members of Delta Sigma Theta, shout out to Sister Belinda Little, Sparkle, we, we see you, number 33. I didn't even see that. I saw a picture of somebody, but I didn't. Oh, shout out to Tiffany and uh, damn, uh, it's damn, my and, uh, girl, it's my nerve. <laughs> shit, motherfucker, damn, uh, that's what niggas don't remember. Shit, it's motherfucker, damn, uh, like, it, it's messed up. Shit, goddamn, it. Blame it on my mind. Shout Blame it on my mind. Not my heart. Hey, so uh, we gotta get into these random topics, man. We gotta get into these random topics. So I'm gonna ask y'all some opinion. Get y'all opinion on some things. First of all, Travis Scott. That shit was not that man's fault. No. Could could he have done something to stop it though? No, it was a million people there. What was he gonna do? No, my thing is with the media, they really, as far as showing what was going on, they didn't show a lot of the times where he actually did stop stuff. Like where because people said something like he seen somebody passed out, he stopped, made sure they got out before he kept going. And I get it. 
you got all it's so much going on. Like you got to realize, like I've been on a stage looking out towards people. The lights is so bright on you. You you be you be lucky to see past the third row. So I don't know how as well. Granted, he was outside, but I know there was lighting. I know there was people coming up yelling, but I'm pretty sure you only hear so much. Right. I say, sec- whoever y'all pay for security, because that's still accountable. Exactly. Yeah, him. People yeah, only like- suing him because he the bag. Behind. Like he got the one of the security guards, matter of fact, just sue him because they had to carry out dead people. So they suing him for a million dollars each of a million dollars to uh for, for emotional distress. And I'm like, well, I ain't tell and and I come come with with yeah, so you can still be fine, but you won't you never get it. He got like close, yeah. he got and I think Drake think Drake was 100, there 100, like a hundred million. Like a hundred million in lawsuits, and I'm like, y'all just trying. And I get it, it was a horrible thing. Yeah. A lot of people died, and I'm like, that man. I guarantee you, this man feel horrible. But don't be trying to finesse me, because now it's got to be an event. Because one, it was more people got in there than it should, but they jump and stuff. So clearly, y'all didn't secure this properly. Y'all know how big these events is. So I, y'all should have had quadruple the amount of guards there. Whether you had to get. Where I where police should have been there. Hell, police. You could find a hundred officers from going from the end of Washington no, to you the know top. They should have said. Huh. They should have said it was a Black Lives Matter rally. So if they would have said that, if they'd have said police that, police would have been, been outside, mm. ready. Been I'm just saying. SWAT. The big gun. That's the thing. Y'all feel it. It, it ain't no lying. Mm. If it would have been, if somebody would have said, "Hey, it's a Black Lives Matter rally down there." Police would have been like, overtime? I'm there. I'm there. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that it wasn't enough people out there to prevent these deaths. And I think the death toll up to what? Nine? It's like nine. The nine, last ten. person that died was like a nine-year-old. Like a nine-year-old. And my thing was... That was weird for me because I don't think he should have been He should have been there. Like, yes, it was a concert, but I just can't imagine... A nine-year-old at Astro World, And the only reason he got hurt because your, there were so many people, your daddy fainted and you was on his shoulders. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm one, sure. I'm not bringing you to no concert unless it's some kid related where I have to put you on my shoulders to see. Yeah. Like, because Astro World, Travis Scott, this is a grown man. Yeah. And it talking was about shit that you didn't need to be hearing about. Yeah, so, like what? I didn't get, I didn't get that. His, his death was a big head scratching. Man, yeah, because and then yeah. think about how his the the trauma his pops got to deal with now. Because granted, you shouldn't have bought him one. So I don't. I'm like, I had so many questions. I'm like, was the other people was, was your mama not in your life to stop that? Because mama would have like that shit dead. You could go. He not leaving this house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll probably I guarantee you. Travis Scott probably was like his favorite artist, and he was one of them. Like, Daddy, I want to go there, and it was like, Well, no, but I wouldn't have took him. We can go to some indoors, right? Like, where we could sit down or, or, or something that be a little bit more controlled. Like, we, we just got to be better about the situations we put ourselves in. I'll just come in that I'm already not going that many people just because Nick's still getting sick, right? right. It's still I'm just looking around. Texas, Texas don't care about there's two, fa- there's two states that. That don't that still to this day don't Florida. think that COVID was ever real. And that's Texas and Florida. But all the crazy people live in Florida. So I, I was just in that. Florida, man. I was in the stadium. It was 70,000 people in there. I ain't seen not one mask. Not one. And they be making you feel like the outcast. They make you feel like the outcast because you motherfuckers be looking at me weird. I'm like, so I'm weird for protecting myself. <laughs> Even right. though I got this shot, right. I'm the weirdo. Right. Right. We're going to be weird today. Fact. So, man, what's y'all thought about 
good old Kyle Rittenhouse. Did y'all expect something? No, nope. what happened was exactly what I expected. Me too. Me too. So him getting out, it was like well, one and one a lot of things. I think I think a lot of black people wanted him to go because just because he killed people. But I don't think he killed. Like, he didn't kill no black people. He killed white people. He killed white people. So that issue, hey, that's y'all white on white crime. But he, ain't got nothing here, to do here's, with my, here's my thing about it. Kyle knew exactly what he was doing. He planned this. It was premeditated. He knew exactly what he was doing. And that judge saw himself probably 20, 20 30, 40 I would have said I would have did the same and shit. He said, man, that was me. I ain't going to send this kid to jail over some shit I'd have did. And, and, and he the judge the made videos, himself really? a part of. I've never seen a case unless you go back to OJ, where the where the judge made himself just as important to the case because he knew how big it was. Right. He probably and I can look at him. He was an older white man, so he, he probably only got so much many years left to be a judge. So he like, well, shit, I'm gonna go. Right he here remind, milk this. He reminded me of the judge and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, oh, I'm gonna make boy. this about me. Yeah, and and it's crazy though. But his how what happened to him was exactly what I what I expected. I was like, bro, they don't care that you killed the people. They was finding loopholes to get him out that jail. They was like, oh well, if the gun would have been, if the barrel would have been a couple inches longer, then it would have been a problem. But he had a hunting rifle. I'm like, well, first of all, he's 17, and he left from deep in Illinois to go to Wisconsin. This nigga drove three four hours. Premeditated thinking about, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do when I get here. I just, I, I hate the fact that I've seen black parents take charges for shit their kids did. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, oh, well, you didn't do the parenting job, so we're going to punish you for it. Is y'all about to lock his mama up? Because no. if y'all let him go, his her mama old, definitely at fault. Well, her old, young looking ass. How you 38 and you look like you 72? Yeah, she look like a member of the I'm like, family. I'm like, damn, I'm 39, y'all. Well, man, that's why that going on. Well, you I know, people but white, people, white people do age and white people do age in dog years. Yeah, white people. And milk. They age in dog years and milk. I'm like, you look spoiled, baby. How old is you? I'm 30. Look at little spoiled, baby. But okay. So, killers of the modern art. I feel like, even though Kyle didn't kill no black people, that was like our just do for so much fucked up. I feel we get one every every six. Yeah. You said it right, couple thousand. Couple thousand. Because you know, they only gonna publicize about 10 of them because they don't want y'all to think. They're tearing us down. You look, it's crazy. You look at statistics; it wouldn't be what you think because you only hear about so many of them, the big, high profile. But it, they shit was. They, first of all, they was telling on themselves the entire trial. First of all, shout out to William Roddy because your dumbass gave the gave all the footage necessary to get yourself convicted. So that's one. Thank you. We appreciate that. How and stupid, how stupid can you be? How, right. how, no, 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 no. How privileged? Can I was you just gonna say. You thought you was gonna get out this jail. Oh, did you, just did killed you see, a nigga. Did you see Greg on the stand? Right, right. so which one killed him? Is Greg or Travis? Travis. Travis. Did you see Travis on the stand? I did. Oh man, Travis got up there. Yeah, he didn't do nothing to me. <laughs> he didn't come after me. I, I came after him. Like, like you are making the case for them. I'm like, really? I think at that oh, point bro. the jury was Why like, bro, if you would have seen this, we gotta do this shit. They want no. They looked at that jury and said they knew they were in their mind. This gonna be a hung jury. Because they got 11 white people on here. They they realize, you talk about 11 people in the neighborhood you from, in the neighborhood, right. this, this this wasn't like one of them trials where they was like, all right, it happened in Brunswick. We're going to take it to Atlanta. Right. Nah, the trial was in Brunswick. The murder was in Brunswick. 
They sitting there looking at them like, shit, we went to church oh, together. All oh, they we grew up together. It was, and they just realized that those folks was like, hey, bro, y'all literally. No, nah, it, it was one of them like, we gotta kind of really? get y'all there. Like them niggas it. told, they, they pretty told, much everything. told everything. And make it. This was a. This was a. This was a. This was a Emmett Till for 2020, and they they literally did the same exact thing that Emmett Till's killers did, and it it backfired. And like none of their stories matched up to what they told the police that nope. day. They made it seem like he was agitated. I'm like, y'all don't know what that means. Well, first of all, it was an open property, so I mean, if he out jogging, you could see everything. It ain't right. they, first of all, ain't too much. You can't run. Depending on how you run, you can't run with no gun on you unless you got a holster. Right. So most people jogging, that's extra weight on you. You're not even that's thinking extra about that. And shit, that damn bird. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like you're not thinking about that. So I'm like, y'all just took it. Y'all just took the liberty, like fucker. We wanted to kill somebody mm-hmm. instead of just being flat out saying it like that. Like, man, he black. We could do this. It's a lot of white people getting out these jams. We could do this, and ain't nobody gonna think twice about it because we won't. It is like I saw somebody say earlier. We should have made. They should have made an example out of Zimmerman. Of course, and the maybe that, this would not continue to happen where people feel like there are no consequences. But, for that, this but shit that's also point. the problem I have with Black America because Dolph dead. Dolph is dead. Zimmerman's still walking. Out here doing interviews. And you know what I'm saying? Like, like literally, I'm like, bro. Yeah, like, I need something to do. Like some other stuff. All these, especially being in Florida. Florida got the craziest niggas in the world. I just figured somebody would have took the initiative. Miami. I'll take this L, bro. Fuck it. I'll take the L for this man. Like, it's always that one person that's trying to prove a point. I can see that happening in Florida. Probably we the wrong point. To the wrong point. All the time. It don't. It don't. Nine times out of ten, depending on the person, we just be doing shit to do. But but yeah. shout out to them because they gonna be singing in jail for a long time. They are Kelly. I'm talking, I got the whole not all, the whole murder. One of them got, they got Travis all got all them. nine count. I think one person saved. Ooh, he didn't Roddy get two got four out of eight. But one person Roddy. got seven out of nine. But and, and, and wait, look, what's crazy is they got a whole other trial coming up because they got federal hate crime charges. So they about to get a whole nother trial. Well, they go probably to, gonna take a plea on that. You go to fair, like, yeah, I'm you got to jail, one because fair ch- fair time. Fair time is guaranteed. I would do that though if I was going. If I already got these charges, you could kind of we depending on the sentencing, you could get out of them statements a little bit shorter. Yeah. But that fair time is nigga, you're here yeah. until yeah. you yeah. did yeah. your yeah. full yeah. bid. <laughs> Soon as I heard fair time, I'm like, hey, what they talking about? What they talking about? Because I and your best bet is to hope they leave you in there. Because you go to that, you go to them state, the state penitentiary, and them niggas realize. I looked at all three of them. None of y'all built like that. Nah. None of y'all are built like that. You get beat up first in, day. They about to put y'all in the state jail, like in Albany or something. First day, I was like, they for the beat y'all ass. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Think about <laughs> niggas just waiting. They know you coming. Like this. You, my bro, I'm, the, 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 I could, I can't even imagine the feeling in the pit of your stomach. When you hear that jury read that shit off and it hey, ain't go how you thought it was. Crazy what's crazy is the judge read all of them though. Ooh, the judge was just like, like, count one, guilty. Count two, guilty. I'd have been hey. in my chair moving every time he, he said guilty. Animated. Like, And they standing up there like, he was extra animated. He was reading the wrong stuff. I'm like, your honor, all of them was bad. I'm like, all of them was, all of them was guilty. No. So, uh, also, man, uh, RIP to Malika Shabazz, man, the daughter of El Hajj, Malika Shabazz, man. We, uh, 
man, I, I swear I'm so tired of seeing RIP stuff this week, man. But uh, um, just saying, like, it's one of them weeks, and it, it sucks when it be around the holidays yeah. because it's gonna affect depending on how that person played a role in your life, it's yeah. gonna affect you, like the Dolph thing. Like, of course, I don't personally know, right. but to see somebody that was a black father, it's yeah. two little kids, a wife that lost, like, kids. And I'm seeing them pictures, and I'm like, yeah, you heard about the stuff he was talking, but you ain't, you ain't never hear his name and no BS towards her. Nope. So I'm like, clearly you did, either you was doing your dirt and it's not seen, or you was like, bro, this shit I'll talk about, but it's not my I'm serious life. about this. Like, this is my job, and she understood. And I'm just like, I hate to see that. Then I seen a picture of them. Like, shoot, my girl sent me a picture. I like the two dudes from the little clip, but if I don't know, people pay, you pay attention, you see Dolph arm hanging out the window, and I'm like, how hateful do you got to be at a person where y'all track where they going? Granted, his car is easy to figure out as him, yeah. but I'm like, y'all had to be like, oh man. Somebody had to call y'all like Dolph on his way, such and such, because it happened too. They say he go to this cookie. They say every time he in Memphis, he go to this. But cookie. and I'm, but I'm yeah. like the fact that he he ain't had enough time to order shit. Right. So as he stepped in, they just start letting it go, and it's like so y'all been y'all been following behind him leading up to his or somebody some and it's just like oh, now you got to look at the people in your circle. Now. I don't dislike nobody that much. I don't dislike nobody that much. Yeah, or it's like, not even dislike sometimes. People just want to do what they want to do. It's nothing really personal to you. They just want to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you it. Right. Man, it's fucked up, man. But so RIP, Dolph. Yeah, I would have played some music, man, but uh, you Facebook know, and YouTube Facebook is like, with me, man. You don't own that. <laughs> I'll be, I be wanting to send him a message back like, nigga, you don't say. Yeah, I feel you should see some of the, the uh, they have you an appeal. Mm-hmm. They don't be lifting my shit up based off what I say in them appeals because you're going to get the most detailed, mm-hmm. professional, wild getting cursed out paragraph. I'm like, I start off like, hey, y'all got me fucked up. Why do I keep going? I'm like, you know, y'all don't pay me money on social media. I'm, I'm not because I ain't do nothing. Like, yeah, y'all blocking music on skate videos. I post, you know, I don't get paid off the, you know, when people monetize. You know, I can't get monetized a personal Facebook page just off of the app. So why is you blocking music? And I think it's because it's got to do something with the rights of the music. Like they get charged or something. Yeah. I'm like, well, y'all need to figure out a streaming thing. Like other people figure out how, how y'all pay out. Y'all pay out regular people who stream video games. Yeah. So the payout, I'm like, I can put the music in my story with no issue as long as I upload it through the story thing. Right. But if I upload oh, one okay. on my own, then it's an issue. The Instagram tied in with Facebook. Twitter yeah. done did me like that. We are in the metaverse. Man, they gonna catch these meta hands in the middle. Oh I got that for sure. So, uh, hey man, Lil Tariq ass is back. Hey, first of all, number one, shout out to Fifty Cent. Hey, because you talking about, I love seeing like I granted Fifty ain't never like died out. The music side is like you ain't really want to hear him after the massacre because I was like, nigga, I don't know what this album about. <laughs> but to be able to, you put all these shows out. He's the theme song on every show. Yep. All of them are bop. It ain't like, oh, I don't like this song. Like, you, you get your theme songs be on the radio. Yeah. And it's to the point, this is a big he's song. literally like single handedly, like, as far as on, like, you got your star, like, bringing back good black shows. Yeah. And he putting young black dudes in the position. Like, to hear that for two years, he'd been plotting on his BMF thing. He yeah. made Meech go stay in LA, take acting classes for two years. But, but even, even more crazy, though, the fact that. Tariq, when Tariq, when Power first started, 
how young Tariq was a little kid. He's how young he was, he was like 10 he, like, he got his own show. Like you the star. You're the focal point, but he Tariq's embodied his role so much to the point where it was like, nigga, I don't like you. Yeah. But until he got to until he got to the ghost one. Yeah. Not that he I in like, charge. I, I like the fact that Ghost is out. I like the book too. I, I think it's pretty dope. You know, and uh shout out to whoever plays his uh professor. The, the, I don't know her name. Shout out to the professors, everybody. Yeah, shout out to the professor professors. I, shout out and to the professors house. that look good. Cause trust me, that's how that's what college was all about. Well, the professor never when I, got me. When you got the man, I'll she's so fine. As soon as she said, Nico, yes, ma'am. <laughs> hey, and then and then wait, look, she's sleeping with the basketball player. I'm like, hey man, his big slow ass. Oh. I'm gonna talk to him in real life. I'm like, hey, he like this. Did they tell you to play? I feel like he asked him one plus one. He'd be like, basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why do they let you talk? I'm like, man, don't make me be there. I'm like, first of all, you in a, you're in an elite school. He's an elite. So it's not like you in no dumb school. You in an elite college on there. But he, why but they he, got you being a dumb but basketball player? But they player? said that's what he wanted. Remember that when he got there. He, they got to be a best. They got to win basketball. That's real life. Like, man, I'm hip. Yeah, I mean, look, that's get, real life. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't work at some schools where sports is that key. Because ta- you bring that money, we don't need you. Motherfuckers is dumb. They know you're only gonna be there one year. So we're gonna milk it. That's why I'm glad that they allow them to get their own money. Them yeah. kids can get sponsorships because it's like, okay, you're gonna milk millions off of me hooping mm-hmm. for a year. I can't even ask y'all for a dollar of this, or can't nobody give me no money to this because mm-hmm. now I'm gonna get jammed up. I'm like, y'all rather mess y'all money up instead of throwing me something versus me just trying to go and get it. So I'm right. like, boy, if I was as soon as they told me day one. I'm all on Instagram taking live interviews. <laughs> Who trying to give me a couple dollars? Right. And the first person was Master Pizza. And oh, you got, I think TSU. Yeah, Hersey. Two million dollar tech deal. Yeah. I'm like, you ain't gotta be good. I hey, mean, look, he's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ain't there. <laughs> I, I, I ain't know, heard I, nothing about I, it. Hey, that, that's my alma mater. No, I'm saying that's my alma mater. I, I follow the sports. He got some growing to do. No. It, it, so what it is is when you when you when you're a high school athlete. When you're a high school athlete and Missouri see it the best because we have six different classes in, in football and basketball. You Ezekiel Elliott came out of St. Louis and he went to a class two school. Everybody like, oh, everything is great. But then you look at class two programs, the same two or three schools run the pro run the whole Forever. for the state because of the fact that they get athletes, but they're not playing CBC every week. They're not yes. playing the dismiss every week. So if you if I can go to uh, John Burroughs and start and be like, shit, I'm great here, but we playing Priory. They ain't got yeah. nowhere right. near the type of talent. So, boy, you found out the truth. Like, damn, I thought I could do. We'll pump somebody. Listen, we will pump somebody up, and you already know by the time they get to the next level, the next phase. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Like it, it's a wrap. I ain't gonna. I don't want to. I ain't. I'm throwing shade. Fuck it. It's on here. Trinity, Trinity had a bunch of kids. Trinity was the school that was putting out a bunch of kids. A lot of them kids went to college, and you ain't heard from. Them. And it's it's sad, but because they was they was monsters here. They probably fit that program. They got they there. got to the next level, and it's like, yeah, we ain't heard from you. And, and you get now. Don't get me wrong. We got some small school stars like Jameson, Jameson Williams from Cardinal Ritter. Boom, he he the guy. Everybody in this country know this kid. But then you get some people who was given. I ain't gonna lie. I was at the Trinity Cardinal Ritter game. I was the PA announcer. I was there. Kids that was giving him the blues. They going to Trash. other programs. 
gets no love. No, why? Because when you get a lot of these kids, when you soup them up yep. at this young age, mm-hmm. they get they got that. I'm that nigga. Yep. That, that's so they get to that next level. They don't want to work no. Yep. They only expect it. Yep. I mean, unless you're in football, you don't never trust the process. Yeah. Everybody say everybody says they trust the process. But they don't you gotta really work harder, bro, because nigga, you know how many. First of all, you want the only kid they recruited. Yep. Second mm-hmm. of all, you got the people that's been here whose spots you trying to get. It's only so many of y'all that good that can leave your program and you instantly put into that role. I'm gonna tell you right now, there was a there was a scene in a movie called Love and Basketball. I know all the women like, hey, I know this movie. There was a scene in Love and Basketball right. where where Sanaa so Lathan character was told, "You're not even the person we recruited. You only here because Tanya Randall got pregnant." Like for real, that's how it happens. If I'm a if I'm a if I'm a coach, I'm recruiting twelve wide receivers because I know some of y'all ain't gonna pass the ACT, some of y'all ain't gonna graduate, some somebody of y'all get hurt, somebody gonna get hurt. So so out of the twelve I recruit, hell, only three might show up, and that's that three that get here that I that I brought in, only one of them gonna be a boss. The rest because of them going to be just... Though, even when they told her that, she still wrote to the occasion where it was that she was recruited for. But think about how many of them mentally. folks don't do that. Right. And, and that's what it is. Said it's real small. It's mm-hmm. real minimal. Somebody gassed you up in St. Louis so you think you something. You the shit in St. Louis. You get, you in St. Louis, Louis only. Where you got to perform. That's and they can't. I hear you hear about the people who think that is shit. And y'all, I'm like, yeah, you may be a 10 mm-hmm. in the loop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, baby, you go down to Miami. You, you might get 10 on your campus. In yeah. your neighborhood, on your block, and your family. But you get to get that. You be like, where people, everybody treating you regular now, you just a normal, like, you just a regular hooper. It's like, bro, yeah, you was cool in high school, but I'm going to bust your ass. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, a lot of yeah, kids can't right. embody that's that. Cute. Right. You, you do this a lot of people can't embody that, embody that adversity. It's like, all right, you right. Mm-hmm. I got a lot to learn. Give me a year. Let me show you mm-hmm. something. Like, I'm telling, like, Mike, MJ, cut from basketball and sophomore. Nice. But now, now you got people that will fight you if you say it's another person ever better than him. It's been people that have way more accolades than Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell somebody who watched Jordan do what he did that he's not the best person. And they'll never – his legacy and what he did will allow some people to never – no matter what you do, you can never be better than him unless you just never lose a game. Yeah. Well, speaking of greatness – Speaking of greatness, speaking of some greatness, I think it's time we take a little pause for the calls because we got to speak to greatness. Some good greatness. I'm going to tell y'all right now when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to talk to the great one herself. Yes. Miss Jasmine Nolan is about to bless you. And when she bless you, I'm going to tell you right now, if you ain't never heard one of her lives, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a word. It definitely is. I done sat through it. I feel like she and wait, look, and, and she real as can be. Like, so come back and get did this. Did she tag word. me in this live? Like, my part of this for real now? Wait, look, why I be in the car and like she went live one day, I be in the car and I had the mug coming through the speakers. I'm just like, facts. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't even comment on this. You be in there like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Like she just she just made a, she just made a post, and I'm gonna bring that post up when we doing the interview. She made a post about exactly what we talked about last week about HBCUs wanting the support but not being ready for the support. Ooh. But we ain't gonna we gonna talk about that in a minute. We're gonna go back there and we are gonna come back with episode 95, <laughs> 95. of Ethnic and Shamor all about the business. All about. Stop just killing, man. Raise y'all kids, bro. They all we got, bro. Government don't want us. Stop this killing, bro. Raise your kids, bro. Yeah, we can do it. 
Sexy all red Then she said she ain't had all the bread And you know that shit was dead Understand what I mean Shit ain't always what I seen The niggas on your team will cross you for the fucking drink Cause niggas all that snake shit That fake shit ain't nothing new Niggas claiming that they know you Would tell on red and blue Attention seeming undercover Get your ass play just like a sucker Cause everybody ain't your fucking brother You better recognize they true colors Better recognize they true colors. Better recognize they true colors. Better recognize they true colors. They true colors. When they showing you they true colors. Catch me in all black, blending in with the night. You gon' see the light when the dark come to the light. Shit gon' end up whack if you ain't doing shit right. Probably end up whack if you pick the wrong fight. With that hot shit, a nigga gotta stay away. I keep my mind right, even when the sky's gray. Air Force is right, don't make no mistakes. I work every day, I leave the state to take a break. Intention seem undercover. Cut your ass, play just like a sucker. Damn, cause everybody ain't your fucking brother. Watch out, you better recognize they true colors. Wake up, you better recognize they true colors. I'll be having people like, y'all be having folks sit down like, yeah, it's like one person in the back, they clap really loud. Yeah, we just double it up. Oh, we not on there, we not on the screen. We, we, we here, we here, we just talking. Make sure for the hundred y'all pull up on the stuff. Yeah, we inviting everybody out. I'm gonna make a post about it soon, but I must tag every person on here, including you. We've had about 140 guests. Yeah, on the show since 
That's kind of since February 5th of last year. So we we definitely like to we want y'all to come and kick it, man. We're gonna have a good time. We only got so many mics, so y'all a lot of y'all niggas can talk. <laughs> we can rotate out, but guarantee three mics gonna get used. Uh, and the other ones will just go from there. We got three more, but we're gonna make it do it. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun that night. I'm gonna be yeah. talking all type of reckless and shit. Yeah. yeah. When do you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna so just tell y'all right now. I'm gonna be drunk. Winner D R Unk. I'm be I'm be Doctor Unk. Tell on me, huh, GS? That's what we doing. He gonna be drunk. I'm gonna be Doctor Unk. You want drunk, sir? Maybe all right. Shit, it's a blessing. I need. It's a celebration. Right. I should. It's a blessing to be drunk. Yeah. Okay, Lord. Okay, let me see him. I take that. Yes, I. Jesus gave wine. Hey. Jesus said, "A lot of things worse you could be doing like to drink." That's what Jesus said. Okay. He turned water into wine. Y'all want something to drink? <laughs> I'm like, he's like, put, a little, put a little fish on your stomach. Like, you want something? I got some bread loaves in the back, baby. I'll get you what you need. He gave you bread and wine. He knew that you needed to sop up the liquor with some bread. Let's go, y'all. Lord, I was baptized on September 3rd, 2000. I don't know if those wash away. But if I got to do a renewal, uh, I, feel like, I feel like you only got to do that if you like starting. Yeah, that's what I tell you. Gotta like rebaptize if you still like start doing crack and shit. Because you start doing some wild shit at that point in your life. I'm not. Listen, I be praying to the Lord for my wealthy husband. Y'all not gonna fuck this. But up. see, but look, this this all every time I say something, I be like the mama always told me the Lord always knew you was gonna do this. So therefore, in conclusion, he knew I was gonna be this person. That I am today. Speaking as long as I'm living up to that test, I'm manifesting your wealthy husband. Shout out to our sponsor, uh, yeah, Roger White. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mister Attorney Roger White. Turn your he will act shit. Y'all don't do no. We do got the. I don't know. No, I think he's actually single. Hey, but Mister White, I'm gonna just say, if you are married, like she got a resume. She she be resume resume. She got the like, hands. She got. She I know. I know to dudes person. I know to dudes personally who like put charges on her for being ass. Like real talk. Like she throw them things. Throw them She used to be the boys. Y'all already know. <laughs> she used to be twelve. That means she's handy with a baton and a taser. And this up on your ass. She hit you with that two piece. <laughs> She hit your ass. You wake up. She just be sitting in the chair like, "Well, I'll be waiting on you to come back." First of all, she you all right? She used to be twelve. That I means she took a taser. That means she can still fight. Hey, your man, ass. I, I watch them videos and I'll be like, "I'll be there." Hey, I'm letting him know. I'm letting him know. He getting him a straight gangster. Because what if what if y'all go out in public and something happen? He know you ain't gonna run. He know you may fuck around, beat up everybody else before you even get started. Because you got. Hey, Bruce Leroy was like. I'll protect you. And she was like, I don't need protection. Right. Man, I got the glow. Hey, she got the glow. She got the glow. Roger White was on your episode. I just, I just remembered that. What's that? He was a part of the episode. Yeah. When he you was were... talking shit. I'm just trying to leave. I better make sure that man so, ain't got no wife. If it's a Miss White, I'm sorry. I, but I, I just, <laughs> what's going on? I believe he said he was single. I thought he said he was single. Tonight. I thought he did too. Oh, he trying to flew you out to DC. Well, shit. If he ain't married, he's single. I'm Shout out, out there. Roger, man. He'll be here. And actually, he'll be on the virtual. He with our sponsorship. He comes on once a month. Yeah. He gonna give like some STL driving tips type stuff, but he gonna kick it with us. No, y'all can't drive. Listen, ain't it crazy? St. Louis was rated number two. 
number two best drivers in the nation. St. Louis wow. got. I said that's. A, I'm like, where was y'all? Uh, so what, he, human just hit me about two months ago. Yeah, somebody just. I'm somebody. Somebody, somebody did the same thing to my girl. Knocked her car from Goodfella and West Flow all the way to she damn near ran into the Paradise Beauty. Like her car stopped this close from the building. She didn't need no bundles though, so she was. Yeah. Come on with the end. I'm not doing this for y'all. She could have. I'm just saying she could have went there, got some extra bundles, you know, not sold them the for the show. If she had hit the building, shout out to no. Nah, I'm just saying she good. My sis is good, right? She good. You she good. good. Make jokes now. Mm-hmm. I was about to say you, only, you only bang it a couple times. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, it was just once. Yeah, it was just once. Only a couple people get up. Only a couple people get up. I was going like, and it happens. It'll if I hear a certain noise, I'm like, that shit happened to me in court for real. Like I was like, like sir. But look, y'all. Before we get the rambling, we got our wonderful interview. With V. Hold on, we finna get you off. We got some other effects I like to use. We get the DJ horn, we get the funk flex bomb. Yeah. People in the back, y'all clap later. We allow them to clap later on through the interview. What? So, before we start, like, if you follow me on Facebook, y'all know this lady right here is like hashtag goals for me. Oh. She is like what I want to be when I grow up. That's her she wrote. Business world, like, and you know, I. And this is me being unhumble as fuck. I don't really admire a lot of motherfuckers. I really don't. Like, I think I'm pretty on top of my shit. So for me to be like, I want to be this lady when I grow up, she the shit. Like, I'm so honored to be here with you. Supposed to be somewhere too stepping, but I could not miss you tonight. Oh, so I'm so honored. Yes, we heard. I'm gonna get back in my room. Okay, I'm gonna be two stepping. I'm gonna tag you like, girl, I'm here. So tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and what you do. Now, I know, I know. Look, look she gotta take a deep breath. It's everything, y'all. You gotta everything. Um, so my name is Jasmine Nolan. I am a North St. Louis native. Yeah. For the St. Louis folks, I graduated from Clyde C. Miller Career Academy. CA. <laughs> okay. folks I am what we call by trade. I am a consultant by trade. I am a collegiate professor. I am a doctoral student candidate at this point. So if I, I look like sleep, it's because I am tired. I'm getting my get my education on. So I am an academic entrepreneur and that is what I do and how I do it in addition to my company marine management which is why I'm married yeah. She do it all, like, and she still forgot some stuff because I'm rattling up stuff in my. She's a mentor. Like, right. she, she is an author. Stuff, right? She skipped all that. Wait, look, stuff. and I'm gonna tell you right now how I met Miss Nolan. She, hey, you think you can step? You can't step. No <laughs> team ain't got shit on her. You better recruit her. To she walking a bit. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. <laughs> Man, they came to see us. Yeah. So, I mean, with you saying, you know, you are a consultant within the business world, what made you get into that line of work? So, I spent in undergrad or before undergrad, I was in the nonprofit space. And I absolutely hated that the nonprofit organizations I worked for, they lacked system development and how we did everything. So, I would go into departments and they would put me in director roles and there was absolutely no way to do nothing People are expected to just figure out how to do whatever, whenever, wherever. And when the 
consequences came down for not doing those things, I will always make the issue that folks didn't know what they were doing and how to do it. So after grad school, first of all, I graduated undergrad from Harris State University. Shout out to Harris State, <laughs> State, the local. <laughs> she HBCU made. After grad school, I decided to start marine management for the purpose of complicated business systems. So a lot of nonprofits do a lot of for-profit work, and we call those social enterprises. But when you're an entrepreneur, and we do philanthropic work, and we do a lot of nonprofit or NGO-related activities where we make money, um, we don't have processes for those. So what I do is I make all the complicated things entrepreneurs do into structured businesses and I make them profitable and scalable. That's what I do. Mm. And I've seen some of the numbers, y'all. Yeah. Man. I've seen some of the, yeah. I like when people do posts where they pop their shit because sometimes we always told like, oh, you bragging. I'm like, well, no, nigga, I'm proud. Like, do you know what I've been through? Okay, we got ghetto shit. You know I mean? <laughs> her phone going off. Her phone going off like Angela Yee phone at eight o'clock every morning. She got the Angela Yee uh, alarm. So uh, I just need to know, you know, me personally, what were some of your biggest obstacles in getting to where you are now? I want to say it was. So first of all, people don't know that. 80%, almost 90% of my clientele are black men. Mm. But people assume that they are type A women like myself or that they are Caucasian, Caucasian, European, whichever term you like to use. And we can use some other ones. Like the whites. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple more, but some adjectives I ain't going to say. The, the obstacle was really bad. When you see, let me just make it plain. When you see certain academics and you see that we are African-American, we are Black, and those types of things, folks have this stigma associated to what you do and how you do it. And it's automatically assumed based on my resume and how I work that I work with a certain population. But the truth is, I work with felons. I work with a whole bunch of ex-cons. I work with a whole bunch of folks that's in prison, getting out of prison. I work with mm -hmm. people that similar to how I grew up. Mm -hmm. And they understand my language. I understand theirs. I just know how to make their money. So what that looks like is... <laughs> All of my clientele don't come from what we call privilege. And I understand how to make them privileged by what I know how to do with my skill set. So the, and I said a lot with hoping folks understand they following me. So what you have to know about that is there's an expectation that all black women decide to put our feet on people's neck to get where we're trying to go. And that's just not my lifeline. That's not my ministry. That's not my process. What I do is I am I wait on the opportunity to contribute and service people, and that's just what I do and how I do it in the means of my business. Mm -hmm. But I run across a lot of Black folks that like to be a part of this influencer network, and people confuse me often with that population versus the population of business colleagues that I'm actually in. Mm -hmm. So in St. Louis, it's a dynamic of everybody that's seen and everybody that's heard and everybody that's on the, the front line. And then you have the folks that are really doing the work that are behind the scenes. And I'm one of those behind the scenes type of people. Mm -hmm. So the, the real struggle is associated to just how St. Louis sees business and how we do business in small, big cities. And these all of these assumptions that white is right and the white method is this and the white method is that. Well, really, it's our methods. They just apply them to what they Ooh. do. Mm -hmm. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. This is turning to a whole. This will come to a whole nother episode. I ain't wearing this sweater for no reason. Did I not tell you it's a word? 
so those are the conflicts. The conflicts are going to a lot of black folks that have been whitewashed, a lot of black folks that don't understand that we are the originators of how business is executed, how business is really done. Mm-hmm. We just have to get back to the way that we were taught and raised and born and bred in doing things, and we'll get back to scaling our businesses and building what we're, people using the buzzwords of wealth gaps and all of this different type of stuff. But when we get back to the basic principles, we'll make the money that we used to make. So uh, to piggyback off that, uh, this this question isn't on here, but as a black woman, mm-hmm. how, ha, has has the struggle not just come from white America, but has black has black men made it difficult for you? I'm going to say more so black women than black men. I, I, I was gonna say, I and was gonna... I, I think that's the case because <laughs> black men don't have an issue with my direction, my tone, my approach, my process. Black women feel as if I shouldn't have certain authority and certain power and certain spaces, especially if I haven't been in their spaces or doing what it is that they do the way they've done it. And I've kind of streamlined a lot of what I do so I don't have to go through all of the 20, 30, 40, 50 years of struggle and stress. I just get straight to it. Mm-hmm. And it offends and it affects and it intimidates a lot of Black women. And I'm the type of person to not give two flying fucks about that. So I keep doing what it is that I'm doing. She don't give a damn. <laughs> black men are not concerned. That's why I want to be like, I, mean, when I, I broke up. I love this lady. She don't give a damn. She don't give a damn. But that's how you gotta. I tell people that I'm like, you you live a better carefree life. You do what you you do what you good at, and you just don't give a damn how other people right. feel about it. Because if I if I cared about your feelings, everything I did, listen, I never get to where I'm going. And I try to be mindful that that's my approach. That I mean, it's everybody else's approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't make my I don't make it my business to explain it. I just do it. And in me doing that, it affects and it offends some people. And I just have to let it be what it's gonna be. Right. You only uh, stuff only become offensive when it's true. Mm-hmm. Like people can say you can say whatever you want about me, but if it ain't true, that shit go in one ear, out yeah. the other, it doesn't bother me. But when it hit, mm-hmm. hit dogs holler, mm-hmm. yeah. and they holler quick, and they let dogs it be known, holler. and they want to admit that's a problem too. It's like look, we don't admit when it hits. We just we like to clown. Like people clown so, subliminal. I'm like, bro, we yeah. grown. I'm not. If I want to talk about you, I either call you or I tag you. Yeah. I'm like, we don't. I don't bring public drama to nothing I got going. So exactly. it's nothing subliminal. If you took it as that way, that means you're moving like that. Mm-hmm. And that they got exactly and that means I ain't got nothing to do with it. So so I I I gotta get into this just a little bit. I don't because we both are are employed by that said HBC we was discussing earlier. Uh-huh. So just just give me like a rough kind of like what put you in that space to, to make a, make to a make statement like that. that. So I'm often contacted to do things at Hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And I'm often asked about what's my contribution and what I'm going to do and what I'm willing to do. And a lot of people in the government sectors, a lot of people in business in general that have come in contact with my work or they understand how I do what I do, they don't understand why I'm not applying it to Hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And it can be, it can be, it should be, and it ought to be. And I do have income to put into my alma mater, but it has to be received and receptive. And I don't feel like that's always the case. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's really ever the case. There's always a concept of alumni to do this and we need to do that. And I went back, first of all, I got the 40 under 42 years after graduating, mm-hmm. in addition to becoming a professor there two years after graduating. So it's not that I don't have the means, the talent, the skill, or the income to invest. 
I have to be engaged in such a way that I want to and that I need to and that I'm required and asked to and it's all received. And we and we also we also understand a lot of times when we give to our institutions, where that money that we give that we work so hard for, mm-hmm. how it's applied. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we forget that our counterparts at PWIs, when they give that money, a lot of time it's hey, you're gonna use my money for, for X, Y, Z, and they but do. But see, the it. other piece of that is, in addition to not just giving money, because I have agendas for my retirement, right? Mm-hmm. But in addition to money, so I've sent students there. A lot of my mentees are there. I mentor them through their degree programs. A lot of my my mentees have graduated from there. I pay for books, scholarships, tuitions, all types of things. I just don't broadcast right. everything that I do. A lot of the kids tuition and a lot of the kids doing all that stuff. Trying to talk about students that's right now. I right. Get, I get you there. If they know me, I put them there. I've supported them, and they are primarily there because I went there. Yeah. So it may not be monetary until now. It wasn't monetary in my twenties, but now it's that. But it's it's be receptive mm-hmm. and acknowledge those things. Acknowledge those that work. Where a lot of alum won't do that. <laughs> they won't show up on the campus to look like an alum. Yeah, I just want yeah. you to give, give, and it's just yeah. like, and it's like you. But it's not so much that I, I, I feel like people like you, people like Coop and, and B. Ken, we got to change the narrative mm-hmm. that our schools are are constantly saying, "Oh, our alums don't give." We give, y'all just misappropriate. Yeah, and 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 on top of that, when y'all do get the funds. Y'all make bad decisions and then want us to continue to give. And we well, don't get to say so. Historical bad decisions. Oh, you didn't make a bad decisions for a hundred years. And I'm now on the end of dealing with all finances mm-hmm. for a couple million dollar businesses and enterprises and entities. And I know how money is handled. And I know that you're not handling in such a way mm-hmm. that you got all these unprofessional folks who really triggered it was I got an email that I thought was extremely unprofessional given where we are mm-hmm. in higher ed i should have never received an email as i did and i'm just like well if y'all this far behind in this particular process i can only imagine how far Talk you are behind implement everything else and all these other processes but you have alum that are fresher mm-hmm. in the space of business or in the space of administration but you want to engage them because you are afraid to me to engage them because it means it makes you obsolete. Mm-hmm. It eliminates that old means and all those old practices of doing things. And it's not just my HBCU. It's probably oh, it's, all it's, of it's, it's no links. Trust me, I, I could I could write a I could write a book about some of the stuff I have seen, oh, yeah. heard, not a, not just as a student, mm-hmm. having having worked at Harris though as a, as a professor before, having mm-hmm. ha, working there now. In in, in, a, in in athletics, even you know, just being in the, the multiple alum alumni alumni mm-hmm. groups. I mean, hell, getting another degree at the HBCU right now. Mm-hmm. Shout out to me, I graduated December eleventh. Just putting that out there, you know. But <laughs> you know, thank y'all in the back. Had to put that out there. You know, shit. I'll let y'all know what my little uh, my little kickback is. Y'all come have a drink with your boys. I'm out there. But um, it is so much of. We we forget as a people like mm-hmm. it takes money to run these things. Oh yeah. And when you when you got money, mm-hmm. and we can blame it on the white man, we can blame it on the government. Easily We've been self sufficient for a long time, oh, yeah. y'all. Oh, yeah. And the fact that we don't do what's necessary mm-hmm. 
And now, and, and I want to say this: it don't just apply to black colleges. It apply to black fraternities, black sororities, black fraternal organizations, uh, organizations that are are built on the backs of black Americans. Got your your classics across the country, your youth groups and mentoring groups, and all those. That's just crazy. We be messing up a lot. The money that comes no. in. The money that comes in to our organizations, we don't use properly. And as long as we continue to misappropriate those funds, you'll never get someone that's willing to leave their legacy in your control. Mm -hmm. When I look at that's what it is. Oh, when I look at white masonry, when and I tell brothers all the time, when I look at white masonry, white masons, when they die, they go, they go, they they become a mason, they're like, oh, it's the proudest day of my life on Mason. Mm -hmm. They go get life insurance policies on themselves to give to the lodge when they die. Mm-hmm. This is why these lodges have been around for hundreds of years. Speaking to that, look, look, I just took my, my baby sister to Alabama State University. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on the campus in my letters for maybe 30 minutes before the president was clear. So, who are you bringing down here to attend this university? My sister's going to HBCU because I went to HBCU. Mm-hmm. So, in the concept of leaving legacy, is whether it's through the sorority, whether it's through the university she chose, whether it's through her degree program, whether it's through what business she creates or whatever the case may be, all of these things are legacy vehicles. So if I decide to go put my name on a building and a library, because for, for everybody that don't know, libraries are my sanctuaries. So if I go build libraries on campuses and my name is on that library on the HBCU's campus, it's important that my legacy continues with that purchase, with that investment, with that process. And HBCUs don't practice business well enough mm-hmm. to be able to understand what that looks like for people to put their money into the schools. Mm-hmm. So if it's not athletic programs, we don't know how to do business. And unfortunately, they fail at that. Like, really do. We like getting they, all this they, money. They, they, teams be least, horrible. They'll at put... least organize. I, I got to disagree there. Mm. Ha- having having seen the the level of I'm trying to craziness i'm gonna just use that word the level of craziness that goes on and as some hbcus mm-hmm. with their financial budgets what they bring in we're talking about you're operating oh yeah you're operating in the red consistently but you're you're trying to keep in you're trying to keep up with this mindset of we gotta do this we gotta do this it's like if you're if your alums aren't willing to put the money into the school mm-hmm. all right we can't. I, I know last year when, when during the pandemic, a lot of rich folks, oh, we're gonna give this money to this school and this school. Well, white folks only know so so many black schools. Yeah. So right. they're gonna give their money to the black schools the they heard of. The Howards, the Morehouse, the Spelmans. And those schools got money. Mm-hmm. Hell, they don't get a lot of those schools don't even get scholarship money. So them kids is paying yeah. for them schools to be open. Mm-hmm. But the smaller schools are struggling and they keeping up. I, I, I literally had this conversation with a with a football player at my school. He said, Grimes, I like Lincoln, but I don't want to go and lose every game. I said, well, they also realize they got to function. They alums don't give enough athletically mm-hmm. for them to want to play other black colleges. Mm-hmm. They got to make it cheap for themselves athletically. So they got to play in this tough conference where they fly this game. It's only five, four or five hours because we can't afford to fly nobody nowhere. Right. So – I gotta I gotta go get beat 70 to nothing every week because of the fact that I can't afford to be outside of that and give y'all the culture we want. Mm-hmm. 
But see, but it still it still goes back to business for me. Mm-hmm. It's always about business, Thanks. always about how you handle the business or whatever it is that you do. Right. And HBCUs just historically do poor business. And it is what it is. We don't have business committees, business teams, business anything that handles how the organization runs or how the department runs or how the university runs. Mm-hmm. It's right. always a primary person making the decisions and those decisions don't necessarily come with business acumen. So we're left with what we're left with. And, and don't get me wrong, you got three HBCU alums you're talking to right now who support and love their institutions. We are talking about, so for the people on the outside, mainly you PWI listeners, for those of you that, that think okay, that, yeah. right, it's okay. It, for Because we need y'all too. Yeah. But for, the, for those of you like, oh man, y'all are talking bad about them. No, we're not talking bad. We just saying, we, we matriculated through them. We saw the problems. We're trying to fix the problems. So that way, her legacy, my legacy, Nico legacy, and, and Coop and B. Ken and so many others that are doing this work. We're trying to change it so that way, 20 years from now, the people that's sitting in our spaces mm-hmm. can say, you know what? The change that was made helped me. I'm going to do more to help the next. Yeah, I see more harm done than help a lot of us out. Like being at Lincoln at the time, We've been through like three, four presidents. So yeah, we had one president. Rome came in, changed up everything, everything about the school. He took away all the most monumental things. The Greek here, they moved it to these plots. But I'm like, brother, it's so much historical stuff. He put this big old um, the health, yeah. the, the, like that extra center thing. Shit, we didn't need. I, I mean, so, and that's cool because and I'm, I'm gonna say this: Rome, Rome was definitely wrong for for killing some of the cultural things. But I also gotta challenge Lincoln folk and say, hey, you know what? Y'all allowed that to happen mm-hmm. because the fact that y'all had everybody that was Greek wasn't wasn't helping the school by going up there and kicking it. Now as I go up there and kick it too, it ain't my school. Mm-hmm. It ain't my school. So it's I can go up there and kick it. But the fact that those alums who who would be like man, hey man the football team get killed every year. But y'all wasn't going up there filling up that stadium to get the upgrades necessary. To understand to get the amount of money necessary to put into the program, and yeah, so but that's, it's easy to say alums not filling up stadiums, but you're not engaging alum either. So the thing is, is it's twofold. It's yeah, not just it the is. alum not showing up, but we're not doing this, and not, it, that's I think that's easy to say. That's mm-hmm. a fallback. But if you're not engaging them, you don't give them a reason to show up. They don't. They don't feel respected. They don't feel appreciated, and all these different things. When you go to PWIs, they're praising their alums on a regular basis, not just mm-hmm. any event. Not just when they give some lump sum for a building or whatever. It's a regular, everyday thing. They're engaged in the mentoring of the new students, the, all everything associated to that university. Their alum are part of it. And, and and white high schools are doing it too, because I still get stuff from DeSmet. They ask me all the Link, time, give us money. Link, yeah. Lincoln, low key, only cater to alums that are like 40 and over. Them the only alums they pay attention to. That's, that's why you one, have. That's the ones who probably give them that's the most where you, money. That's yeah. why yeah. B. Ken and them stepped in. Because they were able to, we got a young alumni association, which they're able to, because once we graduated, oh, we was like, man, fuck Lincoln. Like, I, as much as I love Lincoln, I'm like, as much as they put us through, mm-hmm. going through it, I'm like, bro, you just took all this money from me, and then you want me to turn around and start giving y'all more money? But what I couldn't. This is this. If you want to act, make sure you're investing in your students so where they can have money to give when they graduate. Mm-hmm. Don't just tell them that you want them to give some money. I want you to make sure that they're able to put themselves in a position. To have money to give to that you. means stop giving them, stop letting them take out the max loan when they don't need it. <laughs> but first, but look, we talk about bad business practice. The most 
difficult part at every HBCU is the financial aid office. I'm like, first of all, why do I have to be this stressed just to make sure I'm enrolled in school? Like, and I understand y'all got a bunch of us to get through. I get it. That's why I. But, when, you, but you will see a school that got 80,000 people that's working in, like, oh, the president's office and all that. But you got three people in financial aid for the whole Lincoln. university. Lincoln. At every school. Bruh, like Tennessee State prepared me for every voting line ever by standing in lines for three hours just for them to tell me your loan not here today. But see, that's all business because if you're doing business, you're gonna evaluate that every year. Yeah. You're gonna see how you operate. You're gonna see how long it takes for this and how you're gonna be doing those types of things if, in fact, you're actually doing business. But we got a lot of academics in the space of administration that don't know a goddamn thing about mm-hmm. running a business mm-hmm. or an institution. Or organization, they just sat through some degree programs and they got some positions and they moved around. If you, you know I me, mean? mm. and that's really all it that's is. That's the biggest effects for real. So it's just like that's 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 the real hold up. But I'm also so I'm, so uh, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna flip I'm gonna flip the script because I, I definitely <laughs> want to get back to what you do. I gotta focus on the Jasmine Nolan. The so uh, you're an author. I am. So tell us what inspired you to write your book. Give them the title and tell us why. You wrote this book. So the title of my book is called Forgive Her. She was 16. Mm-hmm. And what inspired me to write the book was I have mentored a lot of girls like myself. So for me, my mother was not present in my childhood or through my adulthood, and through my collegiate careers and all the things that I'm doing now. And I think there's an assumption that the black man is always the deadbeat parent when in some cases the woman, the female can be, is, and shall be. Um, acknowledged as such, but we don't discuss the Black female's role in how a child develops oh. throughout their adolescence and throughout their life. And you could be a so, deadbeat just even if they live with you. Period. Just put that out there. <laughs> so it's not to say that we're, we're all these issues or these problems, but there is a dynamic with Black girls and their mothers that are not this, this elevated you know, queendom concept that we like to coin. And sometimes it needs to be discussed that some of us as women, as mothers, as leaders in females' lives, we're not the best product, the best parent, the best access, the best support, the best guidance. And we need to check our own shit. And that's just really what it is. So the book is more so about how to utilize what you've been through if your mother is not present in your life and how to convert that into energy to do what it is that you need to do to overcome what we call first generation traumatic curses. Mm. That's what I call them. Mm. And that's a fact. And what, speaking of just dealing with generational issues, a post I saw the other day that, like, and granted, I, I appreciate my parents because I don't have any of those type of issues. My parents have been rocking for 34 years. For like, and But you see, it's a lot of people that I always see people, well, I got to break this curse. But a lot of people don't realize sometimes you got to be prepared to break that curse without some help. Mm-hmm. You don't, you can't be looking for the person that put you in the bind yeah. to be the person to assist you yeah. from getting out of it. Because if that was the case, the bind probably would have stopped with them. They wouldn't be out of it. We talk about it in the book where I discuss how my my great grandmother passed it down to her daughters, who passed it down to my grandmother, who passed it down to mine. And I just happen to be the person that ain't dealing with that shit. So I had to decide. The decision had to be made by somebody. And I think I made it when my sister was born because I didn't want her to feel what it is that I felt at her age or coming up and growing up and going through these processes now. 
And literally the same exact thing that happened to me happened to my sister almost 15 years later. So mm -hmm. I had to do something else. So she had opportunity and I wasn't going to be able to rely. And I couldn't rely on my mother, my grandmother to give me what we call the blueprint on this thing called life. I had to create my own. So everything that I had, everything that I've ever done has been created by me, through me, to me and for me. <laughs> And it's important that black girls that have grown up like me understand that we still can do it. It just take a little bit more and it requires a little bit more, but it still can be done. And those generational curses that we have to break look different from, from our brothers and from other folks that I find to be very privileged. It looks different for us and it may take us longer and it may take us a different route, but it still can be done. And y'all, we also people gotta understand when you're a, when you're a black woman, and I've seen this because I'm, I've raised black women. Mm -hmm. When when you see sometimes the trauma you can't control, right? Sometimes you can't control the trauma. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you also have to realize trying to persevere through the trauma can create other traumatic situations. And so I had to realize, like I realized through a, a failed marriage, mm -hmm. right? That my ex had some traumatic issues that oh, she yeah. had to deal with. Oh, yeah. And I realized that every time I, I'm, I use the word fight, but cause you know, they say fight for your kids, right? Mm -hmm. But I realized every time that I went and was trying to be like, I'm gonna take them from you. Cause you ain't right. Yeah. I was creating more trauma. Yeah. yeah. And I, not only yeah. I was creating more trauma for her, I was creating trauma for my own kids. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like, you know, Parents have to realize sometimes, sometimes it's better to shut up. Yeah. Sometimes it's better just to be like, hey, I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Because I, me personally, I started feeling like, well, damn, every time I see my kids, every time I'm fighting their mama, like trying to get them in a better situation, they're, it's they're, creating, they're, yeah. they're it's creating more trauma. Yeah. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. shit, yeah. you know, do I, do I want, if, if, if the curse that they're gonna have to break mm -hmm. is something that's gonna have to, you know, mature inside of them and they fight it. Mm -hmm. I can't create more trauma mm -hmm. being like, well, I was trying to save you. No, well, you, you hurt us more. You or sometimes you, know? you just got to let a situation be a situation. Yep. Some situations play out on their own. Sometimes you got to let the other person who's dealing with those issues come to terms. Yep. Like a lot of the times, like just with growing up, me being, I was in hell, Sean 11. So I've been a daddy for 11 years, but I had 21. When I had a kid, and granted, like I said, my daddy was in my life, but he had a different way based off how my grandpa treated him. So he didn't. My daddy wasn't that whole, oh, I love you, son, all that type of man. Not saying he didn't, you, but being by he, how he was raised, mm -hmm. black parents' love was based off what they did for you. Yeah. It wasn't a verbal thing. It was just like, well, nigga, I took care of you. I'm like, well, you have to because, or at least you're supposed to because I didn't ask to be here. Mm -hmm. So you can't use that as something held over me like oh well that's on me that you took care of me well nigga that's your responsibility mm -hmm. so i made it my thing and with... that's the thing is we don't like to assume responsibility so the, the backhand of that piece is we bring kids here mm -hmm. and we have this this preconceit i say in the book often is that bringing kids that doesn't make you a parent it's mm -hmm. the decisions and choices and responsibility accountability that you assign to yourself over that person that makes you a parent and I think people miss that responsibility or that understanding. But we hate going to parenting classes and we hate learning what it means to be a parent. And we hate understanding that we're not best suited without knowledge and education on how to really 
nurture and provide. Well, I wish somebody was listening to this. <laughs> and it's crazy though because well, I, I say it all the time. I'm like, just because you got a kid, don't mean you a parent. I know a lot of people who kid with them 24 seven, and they are shitty parents just because just because you like you got these kids that's getting raised off of YouTube and all this shit because you don't want to deal with it. Oh yeah, you got parents that get and mad at teachers. This issue. The truth, so I've raised more kids than I've given birth to, right? So I was gonna say that's how I met you. When I met when I met you, these kids when I met her, these kids, like out of every so I, I met I met Miss Nolan because I, I started uh judging uh youth step shows, step competitions. And everybody had these teams, like you got G O V and YMOV and all these other teams, and there was one team and they were smaller than the rest. But they were more dis- they were disciplined. They and you could tell, like you you saw the fraternal aspect in all the teams, but you saw one team that was like a family. And they functioned like a family. I watched the kids interact with each other like brother and sister. And when mama called, they moved like you would if your mama mm-hmm. called That's you. And I'm sitting there like, That's dope to me. And I remember reaching out to her like, "Hey, you cool as hell." Like, yeah. I, 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 I want to get village, to know you because you got. We don't got that village mentality no more. Right. Like before, even if like everybody was held accountable, mm-hmm. if everybody, if I lived on one block of air, if you saw me fuck up and you ain't pull me to the side or you ain't tell my parent, you was just as accountable as my parent. Yeah. Or and it's me in the situation, but now you try to tell somebody about their child. Mm-hmm. My child don't do X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, I see how you responded. Your child does that because he acts just like you. Yeah. But people so don't want don't want yeah, that responsibility. Want, but and I had it, so I got it from my parents. So most people would would know if they know my kids, they know that my parents knew that I deal with kids. I don't deal with adults. I don't deal with grown folks. I'm I'm making sure kids have what they need to do, what they have to do. Because you had your opportunity, you may have messed that up, but they got another chance. Let me give them what they need to do, what they have to do. So parents know I didn't deal with parents, but. The kids, I was harder on my kids, and I was doing what we call really nurturing them. I was in my 20s when I had most of my kids. So most of the coaches I was coaching with, they was 30, 40. You know, they was up there. They had kids of their own. They was married and all of this type of stuff. So for my kids and my program to have what they had from me, it was because I really wanted them to understand community. And I wanted them to understand if you didn't have anybody else, you should have these people. If you can't depend on me and the next person and the other person, you should be able to depend on these people. And two of my kids for over, you know, over the years I raised it literally in my house in my twenties. So it's, it was more than a step team program for me. It's always been the youth development piece is always bigger than what the kids doing. You have to be able to invest in them and contribute to them, whether they like it or not, because mm-hmm. I'll curse their ass out and I told them about their life. Yeah. And I made sure they knew what it is they needed to know, whether they liked it or not. They're going to appreciate that get, when they get older. <laughs> and getting in their ass was a concept of, I need you to understand this level of discipline. So when you get out here, you don't have a sense of entitlement, like somebody got to give you some. Most of their mm-hmm. mamas was you know, on a different level, on a different different process, and similar to mine, right? Just not present, not aware, not engaged, not involved. The men or the fathers were always absent, so it was just a matter of me and them. So I had to give them everything I knew that they needed in order for them to do what they needed to do, whether I was present or not. So most of my kids now, they're doing very similar things to what I was doing in my 20s or what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just 
I don't have to be your friend, but you're going to get what you need to get. You're going to know how to get it done. And you're going to understand what it means to respect somebody, even if you don't respect yourself. Mm. And so we we teach those things and we teach a whole lot of principles. My girl, a lot of things I say on Facebook, I've been saying them for years. Mm. I'm just now saying it on Facebook. So it's just a matter of being transparent and honest. I think it's a lot of lying. It's a lot of, it's a lot of roundabout. It's a lot of not giving it to them like they need it. You yeah. give it to you like you like you need it, whether you want it or not. Facts. You gonna get it. Yeah, you'll appreciate it later. It sucked now, <laughs> right? But yeah, when when it's time you become an adult, you be like, damn. They probably like, damn, man, she has no seven. You know, she I, was right. I, I think that that's that's the beauty. Like I've been teaching seventeen years. When kids come back and be like. It was you. Mm-hmm. It was you. It, you was right. And I'm like, shit, I wasn't gonna tell you wrong. I you know, I you you put I put myself I, I got into working with children because the fact that I love it. Mm-hmm. It's something I, I was called to do. You know, I look at this as a mission. Mm-hmm. So if it's something I, I ain't out here to just be like, hey man, fuck y'all. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Cause I, there are some teachers like that. You ain't yeah. coming just because of a check. Exactly. Cause I, I didn't work in schools where I got tremendously underpaid, but I did it and I worked. And I did it because of the fact that I wanted to make sure that them kids had someone who was going to tell them, hey, I don't know what you get at home, mm-hmm. but this is what is expected of you mm-hmm. from now on. And when they get it and they learn it and they use it, you'd be like, my job. Mm-hmm. I, I, my I, job. I was job asked one day, what's your, <laughs> you know, do you have, uh, my, Maria asked me, she said, do you have like a favorite student, like a most successful student? I'm like, all of them. Mm-hmm. Because they in their lane. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I've lost kids. I hate it. But the kids that are in their lane, I, I was at Manny's wedding. The the wedding coordinator come up to me, Grimes, a student from my first year teaching. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my wife was like, why are you tearing up? I said, because that's right. That's what I do this for. That's it. Yeah. That, that girl, she graduated high school 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she, she came up to me mm-hmm. like, it was you. But we yeah. needed that, though, she because I ain't had black teachers. Like, growing up where I was, like, it was a super diverse. I ain't had no black teachers. Like, my first black teacher was, like, a PE teacher. And my first black teacher actually cared about me. And, and I hate because I ain't paid time. I can't remember her name for nothing. But it was one. It was literally for one quarter when I went to Robert Morris. And it, it wasn't because, at first, I didn't get it. But I used to always get up in class. And I said, I'll pay for this, man. I, I'll be moving about. I hated sitting there. And after class, one she's like, I bet you $10 for the next two weeks you can't get up and leave the class. Mm-hmm. Bro, college, so I'm like, bet. I got I'm thinking I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the lesson I was getting out of it, though. Because after them two weeks, I got that money, which I didn't even care about it at the end. But I never missed another class after that. Mm-hmm. I never got up in between her classes. My respect for her changed based off how she, she could have came to me like, well, shit, fuck you. You don't want to be here, don't be here. But she, she put her money up, and then she was like, bro, she's going to do this, man. I, I hated English classes, but because of her, I did. That was probably the best English class I ever had. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell her, like, man, thank you. Like, because I'm like, I'm used to white teachers. Like, they didn't care about me. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't give a damn about me. I was a check to them. I was a yeah. number in here. Mm-hmm. But you took the time to be like, hey, man, I can see better in you. Let's try this, and then we'll go from there. I could have got that $10 and still did what I was doing. Yeah. But because of the respect factor I had for her at that point, I feel like I owed it to her. That I, the least I could do is sit down for this hour and change and learn whatever you're going to tell me. And that I, was the other piece to what I did, too. I was never an educator at the school. So I was never a teacher at the school. My 
Monroe always came in around what everybody was doing at okay. school. So my access to them was a lot broader than being a, on the payroll, so to speak, at the school. So it just looked different. I did everything I did with them before, after, and around school. Okay. So my impact was a little bit stronger, a little bit more consistent, and a little more persistent, and I could be personable with them, mm-hmm. where the school couldn't hold me to anything. So mm-hmm. that was a lot of the the gripe that I got to. So where the other coaches, they were working in schools, so they couldn't do certain things. I did what I wanted to do yeah. to make sure they got what they needed and how they needed it and when they needed it. And how they had that. How they had to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> some, some kids need that though, yeah. that tough love that can't always go. We got so many yeah. kids that's so soft now. Yeah. Just because you say something to them, you can't talk to me like that. And, and I use the word Timmy kind of loosely because I, I dealt with boys and I dealt with girls. And my boys, my girls are just as tough as my as my, you know, my girls and my boys are just as tough. And I just don't. I don't, I can't, I don't accept no foolery yeah, from the, I don't care where they come from, what it is, what you come up with, what you don't have. These are the expectations. These are the standards. You're going to meet them and you're going to do them and you're going to act accordingly. And if and when you can't do those, they're going to put you back in that place until you're going to keep doing it until you get it done. It don't matter if they were athletes. It didn't matter if they were academics. It didn't matter if they were just doing what I was doing. But the the caveat to the HBCU and connecting this whole artist we're talking about is I did all these things before I was Greek. Mm. Before I decided I was going to participate in Greek letter organizations or any other organizations, I was doing this work. So we had a lot of people in undergrad, from my experience, that was doing it because they were required to mm-hmm. or because they was asked. So I've been doing this since I was 12, 13, 17 years old. So this is not something I just decide, oh, I'm going to do because... You know, it's a check mark on the box of my application on my sorority. This is not that. This was not that. This is not what I did. So when people find that that was the case, it's it's looked at a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and people need to get that your purpose. To, yeah. So as we get ready to wrap up, two things. Uh huh. First, tell me what's next for you, and where people can find you on social media. So people can, I'm transitioning a lot of my business stuff. So Marie Management is always the hashtag, the link, the website, all of that for everything, consults and everything you need regarding your business. If in fact you are an entrepreneur, Marie Management on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, all of those things. I'm getting rid of the Facebook soon. But um, outside of that is just my name and the community CEO is what I'm going by now mm. on my personal pages. So either the two of them. But what's next for me is we're building some $2.5 million projects on five rural campuses for HBCUs. Okay. I'm doing a lot of $10 million entrepreneur projects with hybrid model concepts. Um, I'm training a lot of folks on a lot of things, community-based, small business everywhere. The next one is salon business planning. Um, those are primarily the biggest things outside of me preparing to graduate. And this is it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's it for hey, school for me. I'm telling you, I'm, I ain't uh, writing out one more paper. <laughs> that's it for school for me, but that's what's up. Man. I heard that. So, uh, okay, yeah. Thank y'all. You got to clap it up. You got to clap it up. So before I let you go, because I know, I know you're tired. We all tired. I've been cooking all day. We tired. Listen, because it's after my bedtime. Yeah, I do the same week. It's after my bedtime at 8.30. I roll. Get so I got, we got this thing called rapid fire. Okay. All right. We're going to ask you a question. First thing that come to your mind, like the first thing, you got to be ready. Okay, right? let me get ready. Then. All right. Go ahead and go fire. Dream vacation. 
I'm going to Europe, so Italy. Mm. Favorite city? My city. Mm. Celebrity crush? Mm. I'm going to say Denzel. Mm. Mm. <laughs> if you had one wish, what would it be? Ooh, uh, for no kid to ever feel the space of homelessness or abandonment. Mm. Dream business venture to work on. Ooh, that's a few of them. That's a few of them, but. I'm going to say probably two franchise consulting practices and firms and HBCU business students understand what it means to make their own seven-figure check off of that knowledge. Mm. So that's probably the business venture, the dream business venture. Dream car. I have one of those. I would rather not drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one of those. What do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be rooted in service and purpose. And it's kind of crazy connected to my, my sorority, but it's the truth. I would rather my legacy be rooted in service and purpose throughout urban communities that kind of spreads beyond what the envelope of our community is. So I just got through expressing that I want to do research institutes on the campuses of HBCUs. Because we don't learn how to do research until mm -hmm. we get to the doctoral PhD programs. And I want to start that early from students coming out of predominantly black public schools into HBCUs. Yeah, because um, when I put a research paper in front of my kids, they be like, oh, what's the source? <laughs> and I'd be like, are you serious? But I also realized a lot of my kids, you know, yeah. I, I remember I got to a school and we spent probably a good six to seven weeks working on a three paragraph research paper mm -hmm. because one, they didn't know how to use a library. So they, we had yeah. to take them to the library and be like, hey, this is actually where you do your research, not on the internet. Yeah. Then having the citations, yeah. they, they get to, you know, different I mean, formats. But the truth is I've sent a kid and I've done a paper myself, sent them mm -hmm. back to school in one of the public schools and I'm like, oh, name it. So, you know, but she didn't understand the process of the paper that I wrote, and she said it wasn't high school grade. And I said, well, listen, I've been to AP English probably since I was a freshman in high school, so I've been an honest student my whole life. And when we get educators that are not educated to mm -hmm. a certain level, educating our students and our kids, I got problems with that. Mm -hmm. When you don't even understand how to do research papers, you don't understand mm -hmm. how to do this level of work, I got a problem with you the struggle being responsible. Of MLA, APA, <laughs> oh my God. My, you know, I got to the point, I teach psychology. Yeah. APA is American Psychological Association format. Mm -hmm. I would tell them, I said, I want all my papers in APA format. Well, uh, you would get kids who you could walk them through it. Yeah. They refuse to do it. But then I also realized I had professors who asked, oh, well, I want your paper in APA. You know what you're doing is not APA. Yeah, you know like, what you're doing is not correct. But yeah. <laughs> even past the writing, past the reading and past the writing, mm -hmm. it's about HBCUs have a published work. Exactly. We producing more best practices, us producing more literature, us producing more of our own text, our own context behind what it is that we do for our communities, our culture, our institutions, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I want the research institute to stand for 
our legacy of literature, our legacy of academia in general, regardless to the practice or whatever it is that we're doing. But I want that to be the legacy left, which is, I tried to start it ahead. Anyhow, <laughs> that, that is the legacy I want to start, and I plan to pay for my own institutions. Listen, but before I get off of here, I want to make it plain that in these universities, in these high schools, in our communities, we have people that are willing to tell us what we need to know if we listen. Mm-hmm. So if you are under this podcast or any other podcast or anybody else's spread, Folks that choose to invest in you receive the investment. Mm. Folks that choose to give you what it is that you need to get where you're trying to go, receive them, receive that guidance. Follow those things, even if you don't trust it, it's not familiar to you, you don't know, you ain't, you unclear, follow it. If they followed it and it's getting, it's gotten them where it is that they are and you're trying to be there. A lot of black kids, we get, we get confused at who we're supposed to be following and what that's supposed to look like. And the truth is, if somebody is where you want to be, that's who you need to be following. It's mm-hmm. real simple. So just line up and do what it is that we need to get done. One of the biggest things I talk about a lot is that in high school, I was a lot of these kids, they called me on. Right. So I know what it means to be disgruntled. I know what it means to clown the hoop and holler and all of that. But I also had straight A's. I was also an athlete. I was also the same high performing academic that I am now. Mm-hmm. So when I got in trouble, it looked different from when you getting in trouble, you got nothing done. Right. right? right. <laughs> you ain't making nothing happen. Right. So you got to meet them halfway. But if a black woman and a black man in a space of education is trying to invest in you, we meeting that with all types of discomfort and all types of this, mm-hmm. hey, get in line. And that's really what I'm saying. I'm saying get in line because a lot of us are getting, we losing hope in our kids Mm -hmm. and the next generation of what it is that we're doing. And we just got to tell the kids to get in line. Like just tell them to get in line Mm -hmm. and tell them what it means to honor somebody that's choosing to invest in them. And if you are the person that's doing the investing, listen, be genuine about that. Be intentional about that and have a plan for their life Mm -hmm. because they don't know it yet. Help them plan. Yeah. Help them plan. Help them help my... you. Like it's literally, if you help somebody, you'd be surprised how, how far it's gonna go later mm-hmm. down the road. It, it's crazy. Like and, and what Ms. Nolan just said last week. Coop said, "If you want the sauce, you got to be willing to get the sauce, yeah. right?" And I know I probably said that wrong. All the ingredients yeah. in that sauce. Or I'm not for me. I'm not giving it to you if I feel like you're not gonna get full. One hundred percent. I'm not giving it to you. Don't waste my time. Show sauce eating skills. And if I find that you just ate some sauce from other places and you ain't turned it into a recipe, I'm not giving you mine. Yeah. Man, that's a word. <laughs> that's a word. I told y'all she was going to drop a word on y'all. Bring that heat, man. So as y'all heard, our wonderful audience clap it up. <laughs> we got to thank you for coming and kicking it with us tonight. No and we it's a wonderful episode as always, man. Number 95 in. Yep, 95. Next week's number 96, man. Make sure y'all tap in. We got Chef Tiff Pop. Tiff Pop. We got Tracy Smith. Yeah. Who she's been she created this Battle of the Brands event where all of these different brands in St. Louis gonna have a fashion show. I think the winner get like 1500 but the work she been putting in to get the word out for this shit have been on the news twice, mm-hmm. different podcasts. She hit me up about doing it. I'm going to go do the red carpet, kick it with them for a little bit at the event. But I was just like, you got to come. I'll make it happen just because I know in your event. How is. many brands in the event? 
I don't know. I know it's over 10. She got a nice amount. I think her next one is going to have people that's not solely St. Louis. See, my biggest thing with these events is got to make sure we profit in it. We can't just keep, we can't be doing events. We're not doing a business. We're not making money. We're just breaking even. We're giving folks free publicity. We got to make sure we're doing yeah. the business behind these events. Facts. Tracy, yeah. it sounds like a conversation need to be had. Yeah, but look, if she, because I don't know if, like, I don't know if tickets are sold to yeah. the event, like how that work, but if she ain't making nothing off this first time, her next time around, she got to switch it up because she, the way she done put this run together yeah. to promote it yeah. has been crazy. Like it's been like a run for somebody putting out a album. Mm -hmm. Like she has been out here on the seen on the news so twice. Cool. She's been doing so many different, and she's doing it like it's her. They decided to come up with it, and she's really taking off. So it's just like I would love to see. I definitely can't wait to talk to her about it. But it's got to get to the point where you can. That's why I'll be telling people. I just told the, uh, the podcast before us. Last week I was talking to Dre and he was like, man, I just really love doing this. Like, I ain't never thought about the bringing money. I'm like, you tripping. I'm like, bro, this bring bread if you do it right. I'm like, you get the right spot. Like I said, this is my second sponsorship. The first one came from Cash App just because I worked there. So, and that was only 20 episodes in at that point. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, bro, as long as you do what you're supposed to do and if you're doing it right, people see the work ethic behind what you got. People don't have no problem with putting a little money in behind it because they're like, I believe in what you're doing, or at least if they ain't gonna put no bread, giving you the sauce that you need to figure this out. Everything, all support don't come monetary. Right. I tell people, I don't need, when I tell people support, I don't need you to buy nothing. I don't know what well, if that happens, wonderful. Mm -hmm. But share it. Like, how, how I know your page can't get all of these people to tune in from this. I've had a guest come on here one time to where my website number spiked up so high, I thought it was a glitch in the system. Cause I hadn't seen it happen like that, mm -hmm. but it went from, and she was, she commented like, it's gotta be me. And I'm like, people laughing. I'm like, <laughs> I dead ass believe so. Yeah. Because I yeah. went from having maybe that week, a hundred some people look to the week. I just happened to check it. She was at 3,500. And I'm like, I'm talking about, I, I'm talking about, I left off the computer. Mm -hmm. I refreshed it. I'm like, nah, bro, this ain't right. But I kept going back in. I'm like, no, this is legit. Okay. So that's why I get people who, want to promote the episode because mm -hmm. me bring i'm like you ain't got i don't need you to do it all day every day like i would just post it one time mm -hmm. because not only it's an opportunity for both it's like we reach out based off of seeing the greatness that people do in our community like and that's that's been the whole goal the ethnic issue more like this is about it's a i call it the fubu movement it's for us by us mm -hmm. like this is for propel Black mm -hmm. people and a lot of people first time ever being interviewed or just being seen yeah. be with this platform yeah. and I'm like that's what I wanted to do and when it came I want this to get to the point I where what when how we show up in on these types of platforms and how we show up on the news and different things like that you know, stress me. and that's why I created this because I was like black the media for black people is never told by black people no. so when it's given. It's always in a negative light. We always mm -hmm. the fucked up period, people. But I was like, nah, man, this show is going to be support the positive within the black community mm -hmm. while we adding some laughter to your life as well. Because I know, too, I know too many black people doing too many great things to where I'm like, right, nobody wants to talk to you about I, that. But I need us when we're doing great things, I need us to be able to present that in such a way. I need us to be able to show Facts. up completely and thoroughly professional. Mm -hmm. And it it read as such, especially when we're doing great things in the space of business. That's my bias. So I need us to 
speak in such a way. Mm, I need us to present in such a way. I need us to know our shit in such a way. Like all of those types of things are equally important to us changing the narrative of how we show up in media. Mm -hmm. I I 100% agree because you could only, if you you could be doing great things, but if you get on TV and act exactly how they thought you was going to act, everything you do is null and void. We just got to remember what y'all asked that on that that 15 minutes of fame. Mm -hmm. Speaking of 15 minutes of fame, shout out to attorney Roger White. Because he'll be here. He's going to be here with us next week. He's going to make us famous. We appreciate you. I told you. It's crazy. And look, that's why I tell people, if you ever want something to happen in your life, shoot the shot. Yeah. And yeah. shoot the shot just don't mean that no woman, it don't mean a woman hollered a man. I literally slid in his DMs based off of a long, ongoing running joke I had with myself. Mm-hmm. I hear his commercial. I'm like, he tripping. Roger, he let me do one of them so I slid in his end, but like, man, I always wanted you on my show. And, and I said he was going to sponsor this show way before it happened. Mm-hmm. Same shit I said with Cash Chef, though. When I, when I got hired, when I was working, I was like, they're going to give me some money. Oh, yeah, I, I work and put him. I'm like, I do somewhere they can benefit. I'm like, they're going to give me some money. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Most of what I do for the business is when I go, I, I don't really ask. I'm pretty much telling people what I need them to do, right? So I'm telling them what I need. And I'm giving them what they need in exchange for what I need. And that's all it is. And it's just how it works, but you got to be able to. The proof one got to be in your pudding. Mm. Yeah. Don't have no 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 proofless pudding. That's just to be frank. You can't be doing no nigga shit. You cannot Facts. be doing no nigga shit if you plan on making money out of it. If you Facts. plan on making money, you cannot be half-assed, part of the way, some of the way, a little bit of the way, doing anything and then going to ask folks for all of what they have. It's not how it's, it works. It, it's got to be reciprocal. Like I tell people, like I don't. It's certain things I have planned for this, but I know I maybe not have got to where I wanted to go. So when I reach out, mm-hmm. there's no debate about it. It's just yeah. like, okay, you're right. You 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 worth what you asking for, mm-hmm. or you worth what we need you to do. Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to back that. I done had some people want to get on, like come on here before I figured out who my permanent co-host. After a while, and I'll just be like, do you know how you be moving, like, mm-hmm. and what you do in your normal life? Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, bro. Like, this is a brand that I created. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it ain't no, and it ain't no personal feel. It's always when it comes to a business that you put your name to, it's never personal. But it's just like, I think so many people in St. Louis don't. They take, they take it to to heart. Your your business is a part of you. Yeah. And if you go and I let you fuck up my business, you fucking up me. That's my business. Fucking up me. Yeah. That means after you done fucked up my business, what I'm gonna do next? Mm -hmm. And And, and, for me, it's. I've been building this for 10, 15 years. I can't afford to associate what I've built where I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on on a two-second conversation with you or a two-second interaction with you. And now everything that I've built is yeah, now tight. I can't afford that. Uh, you don't have, and I don't deal with that. I don't deal with people that ain't nothing to lose. So I don't really deal with you. So it's that for me. No, and, and I feel that same way too. It's just like, hey, I don't put too much of my own personal money, time, and all of that for you to feel like just because we are X, Y, and Z that you need to be in these spaces. Everybody don't need, and, and that don't, people be thinking like, oh, but because, well, you mean you such as, I'm like, bro, just because I'm going a certain way or a certain right, don't mean you exempt from it. Just mean, I don't need your personal self attached to this because everything I built, I know how you move. That shit gonna go from sugar to shit. Real quick, and it ain't got nothing to do with me. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It's the simple fact that people are like, man, I would have did it, but 
Uh, check that y'all stuff. I see how they kind of moving. I can't put my money and associate to that. And the thing is, people ain't worked for nothing. You ain't you ain't worked for nothing. You ain't worked at nothing. You ain't built nothing. You ain't lost. But they want to be a part. But you want to be a part of everything. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get that. I'm like you. So you won't put the personal time and effort to any dream you have. I've been telling people. I just sat down with homeboys. I'm like, man, you know, life ain't. We at this point, like, bro, what do you? If you could do anything tomorrow, what would you do to make you happy? That you would be content. And they'll tell me, I'm like, so what the fuck is stopping you from starting that process? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what what's stopping you from starting it? Then they're like, oh, man, you hear all these 50 lamb excuses. It's laziness. You know, it's what's oh, yeah. it It's laziness. And I, I have that about myself. I'll tell myself, oh, man, it's so much more within the show I can do. But I have my lazy moments where I have like, hey, you're being lazy, bro. Mm-hmm. Get your ass up. Do what you need to do and get it going. But I've learned how, I've seen how that's changed my life. Like when I say, when I started, I started this clocking out of work with my left hand mm-hmm. on the computer and clocking and pushing Facebook Live with my right mm-hmm. in my office at work, using the computer backlight as my lighting to make me look good. And I'm like, I've taken this pretty far. Yeah. On, on the own, just on the, because I believed in it. I'm like, you got to believe and you got to be able to invest in it. Mm-hmm. You got to also believe that just because you have a dream of something, it's not going to happen overnight. You got to also understand that some things you dream are profitable. Facts. Mm. That's a fact. A lot of people get, things need to be a dream. Now, you bring it to me, and I'm going to tell you if that thing ain't going to make no money, and it's not going to, like podcasts, so this is my, my spiel. Podcasts are supposed to plug into businesses that ultimately operate as marketing systems marketing processes but we use podcasts as a means of spreading the word as a means of getting access to it as a means of educating is a part of the marketing system Mm -hmm. people will use podcasts or misuse podcasts and not Mm -hmm. understand the vehicle that it's applied to so you think oh i'm supposed to get a million dollars on the podcast no your podcast is a form of education Facts. You utilize the podcast as a means of educating the people that you ultimately want to get some money from to do something else. That's what it's for. But if you inconsistently do the podcast, then you won't get no reap the benefits off the podcast. Yeah, people not just going because people don't realize. I mean, one unless you uploading through those certain platforms where you in control. Your stream view, you don't get that unless a lot of people are watching. You're not going to get too much paid off just the podcast mm-hmm. itself. But it's like, what are you talking about on your podcast? Okay. Is there a lane for your podcast? Okay, at this point, the same with Roger. Mm-hmm. I know, right? I, before I got him on the show, I do my research. I realized that his he practices law in Illinois, Chicago area, but he's able to Illinois, Missouri, and Texas. Mm-hmm. When I looked up the stats to send it to him, my three biggest cities, or one of them, Dallas. Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City. Everywhere he practiced law mm-hmm. was listed in my top 10. Mm-hmm. So sending that, the numbers may not have been super crazy, mm-hmm. but it's like, he has got a targeted market to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling people, I'm like, yeah, you hear him on Hot 104, but I'm like, if Hot 104 can only get, say, they, they play his ad all the time, but they only get three clients off of him, but mm-hmm. the little bit he given to me, and we do this, but he get 10. Which one of us was more profitable for his business? Mm-hmm. Just because they got the bigger vehicle, don't mean they were the better route. Yeah. It's just like he got me ten people off his podcast. He made me way more money than these people. I give all this money to yeah. to advertise me. Yeah. Well, let me scale back my money from here mm-hmm. and put it to where I see it's really going. Yeah. So you just got to believe, like you got to know how that stuff on the back end kind of work, and just got it. When you had a vision, 
you can realize quick if this is a vision that's gonna come with some money eventually mm-hmm. or not. And then you gotta realize the process to build into it. It's not everything is not an overnight. Stop letting the internet you let you believe. Be willing to test things, and I this is why I don't like this influencer concept that's going on. Is a lot of folks is gonna make you believe that you're gonna hit a million. You're going to hit big. You're going to do something tomorrow, and it's going to work. You're riding around on trips and cars and all of this food. And when you get done, it's work that got to be put into this kind of stuff. Facts. If you don't plan on working, you don't plan on eating. And that's just the concept. So it's nothing different than with a podcast. You may have the right group of folks for the first 10 episodes. You may fall off for the next 10. You may get the next 30. That's the- all of these different things are supposed to be piloted and tested over time. And you continue to test what works and what doesn't. And when you find the recipe, mm-hmm. then you stick with it. When Everything is trial and error. Recipe, you rinse and repeat. That's rinse all you do. Don't repeat. switch up. Don't. It's like don't. Why, why fix it if it ain't broken? Mm-hmm. Once you figure it out, that's what I did in the beginning. I started this way. I'm like, I don't like do. I done did multiple versions of this until mm-hmm. I figured it out. Then I was like, one time joking with Justin, like, man, we are gonna have ethnic issue more TV. Right, that's my YouTube channel now. Mm-hmm. Well, I've watched this girl. I done tapped into, I literally figured, I picked up a camera one day. I was like, man, I think I can do this. Now I create music videos. Mm-hmm. Like where people, I'm like, damn, people straight pay me to show up for an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's great because I, when I realized that working at a regular job, you make it 20, 20, 25 hours, depending on where you at. Mm-hmm. But to realize it took me 30 minutes one time to make $100 just shooting somebody. I was like, I'll never go back to a regular job again because I found out once I, I hear how much people make in video spaces. Yeah. I was like, bro, people who really learn this make bread if they do it right. I can give you a story on that. I think it's one of my questions anyhow. So I, I made a post the other day for Female Entrepreneurship Day or whatever the recognition was. And I made it clear that those, those kids that like to read and write, we got to pay attention to them too. So... I make somebody's salary in 15 minutes on any given Thursday. Mm. All right, so it may take you a whole year to make six figures. It takes me 15 minutes to make six figures. So the concept is when you have a skill set and when you learn something and you really harness something and you really go at something and you really invest in that thing, you can utilize it for income once it's once that process is done. Mm-hmm. And it's no different in any other industry. You just have to simplify the process. You just have to make sure that it's consistent. And a lot of folks ain't going to understand it, which is one of the problems. A lot of black folks don't fit my model of business. A lot of folks are, can't be my client, right? But when I was building my business, it was a matter of what works for me mm-hmm. and how can I offer this on rinse and repeat for multiple different types of people that fit the same model. Mm-hmm. And I think we miss what it means to build a business. Because we think it's just supposed to, you know, drop in our laps. Mm-hmm. Some type of way. <laughs> so the building of the business is what gets you to be able to charge somebody six figures in fifteen minutes. But you can't do that when you haven't built anything. Facts, people. Like everybody, you always, especially, especially speaking of the influencer life, everybody sees the fin- finest product, finished product, mm-hmm. but you don't know what said person how long they've been at this yeah. we always see the celebrities they be like man it took me 15 why well, you got tyler perry he's a billionaire now but at one point who's sleeping in his car mm-hmm. now he finna build his own goddamn airstrip in atlanta he got his own production studio mm-hmm. you'll know a tyler perry show because tyler perry presents mm-hmm. he gonna write his name on everything and it's like you can hate it but it's the simple fact it's like this man went from sleeping in his whip mm-hmm. to at the drop of a dime, I can do whatever I want with my life. Mm-hmm. I can make sure other people good. He put other black people on. Like, the amount of people that eat 
Oh, for him. Because of Tyler Perry. If he didn't make them life decisions, it's crazy how I remember them plays coming out. Yep. Watching these plays on bootleg DVDs and all type of stuff. Me and my kids watch them all the time. Look, and they were, it was like, <laughs> and then he realized the rest. He's like, okay, I got these plays. Well, fuck it. I'm going to put these same plays into a goddamn movie. I already got a script written. Yeah. I can tweak it a little bit, find some real actors. He First of all, he had Shamar Moore wearing the mugly ass braids. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, he was able to get Shamar Moore to put yeah, the mugly braids. Everything, but over time. And he could have quit. He could have quit. I ain't gonna lie. I, I started, you know, shout out to Moark Media. I, I started uh, watching the show last night. He he got a show on BT called Sisters. Yeah, movie. they're not I, bad. I started watching it last night. I was like, hey, this is actually kind they of They're not bad shows. It's just, oh, my only thing with Tyler Perry's like everything be seeming like to be built around the same like, type of black trauma yeah. issues. I'm like, all right, bro, let's switch it but, up. But, but as we but all it, know, it's worked for them. It, a lot of times we watch these there, there, there were people who watched those plays and it changed their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and all it probably took was one person to say, Tyler, I got out of an abusive relationship because mm-hmm. of this play. Or I, I might have realized I was going through a drug habit and you turned me to God because that really a lot of Tyler, play, Tyler Perry plays was mm-hmm. introducing you to, to a Christian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, damn, now you didn't change my life. He like, well, shit, I, I got to keep finding them. Because uh, it's some people there for the laughing. It's some people there for the singing. It's some people there for the actual lesson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he 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 yeah. makes sure he meets all of his needs. And you got to feed people what they're willing to eat. And that's just business one-on-one. Facts. If they're willing to eat it, you keep feeding it. Yeah. It's the rinse and repeat. Like mm-hmm. He figured out the recipe. And he realized... And it's crazy because so many people bootlegging and doing all your stuff. He was still making bread. Because one, you can't bootleg them ticket sales. Yeah. People are selling out these tickets. So you can sell these DVDs, whatever. Because he I don't even think he was putting out official DVDs and at I a play. I don't think he ever made a big deal about it either. I don't, I don't think, I don't there think was official, he was official. Ever making a big deal about it. I don't even know if there was official like DVDs dropped for those plays. Because I've always seen I them. think that, I think they were. I think he actually ended up recording them and doing it. Because mm-hmm. like on some of the ones, you could tell where he was like, Y'all gonna act like this, and then y'all know this is the one I'm recording. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember seeing that in one of the plays where he had done that. But hell, him not caring about his stuff getting bootlegged, yep. he was still like, I'm still, because, because again, I saw a bootleg playing. I was like, the first time he came to say it was after that, I was like, shit, I'll buy a ticket it. to see it in person. I want to go see it in person. But you couldn't stop you bootlegging me, you sneaking in your camera, didn't stop all these ticket sales. Oh, my goodness. But you sneaking in your camera didn't stop them ticket sales from everybody purchasing coming in that door. Yeah. So yeah, now that's that was like free social media, like getting marketing. It's like okay, bet. Well, you gonna record this and put it out. Everybody gonna want to know how they can tap into a Tyler Perry play. I'm gonna tell y'all right now, we didn't turn this into a two part series. We're gonna yeah. have to upload this yeah. into two parts. Low key, we've been in this <laughs> we thing. Got the Jasmine Nolan conversation. Then we got the conversation with Jasmine Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like having Prince two. and the artist formerly known yeah. as yeah. Prince yeah. on the same episode so, at one time. I looked at the clock like, oh, look, man. we done already gave the thank yous and we'll be right. no, oh, no, you're good. This love a good combo. This was why I told y'all that she was gonna drop away. Drop that heat, man. But y'all make sure y'all tap in next week. Episode 96. We got Chef Tip Pop, Tracy Smith, and the attorney Roger White, our sponsor, coming to kick it with us. Yes, as I, always, it's your boy Nico the Great. Past master right here. R.I.P. Manny. Love you, bro. Man, most deaf, man. Shout out to Big G. She had to go get her two-step on. That's yeah. it. We'll see if you send me a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and we out right, this guys. thing. Uh,
on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to one dollar per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Can you read? It's a ethnic issue more TV with your ass she ass.